This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Shaisuki Nosoki of Goblin, Darian Redos of Lamia, Ryukiro Kami of Gilgamesh. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. And by Nine Bean Coffee. Nine Bean the Coffee boasts the most delicious, most nutritious coffee literally the anywhere. They are no the Mirage. All of our the coffee beans are organically grown with the no chemicals added. Our varieties of flavors are very the vast, including Caffee, Kukuru, Royal the Kukuru, the Royal Caffee, Kukuru the Caffee, and our the newest bean, Talabean. Spice up your life by the adding a shot of vanilla the espresso. Become part of our loyalty the rewards program and get a free cookie with every four coffee the orders. The Nine Bean Coffee. Our the deals will make you the say, what the honk? Live from Aorzia. <laughs> With your hosts, Unhero. Now behold the horror you have wrought. Kalo. I said don't take your clothes off. Juxtaposition. I don't get it. Ascalia. Holy shit, totally forgot about him. And Mika. Oh my god. Limit Break Radio. Welcome to Limit Break Radio, a special edition of Limit Break Radio, our European Fan Fest special. Can finally wear that freaking Tidus clothing now. Yeah. That Except is I'm true. not going to. No, no one's going. Everybody else is no going. One, to. No one's going. To. I'm going to wear it. Yeah, I know you are because you're awful. I'm the best. No, you're objectively terrible. I'm the best. So uh, thanks for joining us for our fan fest special. <laughs> I didn't think that laugh could be any worse. <laughs> and then he does it. Oh my god. That was idiots it. doing idiot things because they're idiots. Yeah, that sounds about right. Have to say Thanks for joining us live here at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. I'm going to throw it on over to our Eorzean studios. Thank you guys for joining us all. Almost three, 300 people, 276 to be exact, but nearly 300. I'm sure that we'll, we'll end up climbing as we go on. Here. Before we start, I would like to make a decree. All right. Okay. I just want everyone in the chat to I know. I want to make a decree. Um, I'm letting you in the chat know I'm not reading or responding to chat. Therefore, if you have anything to say today, you must call in. And that's right. You can do that on Skype. Limit Break Radio is the username, 810-515-8715. If you'd like to use a regular phone or if you use Discord, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord, you can find the permanent link to our Discord server. Which you can use to call the show. Kooky Persona is standing by to take your calls. She'll be filtering them on up to us. I'm sorry, Kooky. Please, Kooky, no weebs. So, yeah, so uh, a couple of people noticed the uh, special music that we were playing before the show. Uh, I just thought that with the samurai announcement that maybe we could have some like anime ish music that we could get it like feeling like really anime in here because I'm getting an extremely gay vibe. I know. Did you guys feel the anime? I oh I feel the anime on that song. I'm coming I'm coming could basically use that for any anime intro ever and it would be fine. FMVs too. Let's, let's just be honest. Anyway, 
Uh, thanks for joining us uh, live here at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. LimitBreakRadio.com to check out the show. Uh, we have a full archive of our show going back to, god damn, 2006. 2006, yeah. 2006, 2006 when we started the show, which we're going to be doing. By the way, I wanted to mention, I bring that up only because we're going to be doing some uh, maintenance on our archives here com- coming up pretty soon. Um, there may be a time where the 11 shows become unavailable for it's all bad for a short period, only a short period of time. They're going to become fully available. We've already got the archive space for it. It's just finding the time. Uh, I, our, our, our time is sounds uh, like a Scuro job at a premium. We can't trust Scuro for this. We can't. No, Aww. no. That that's above his pay grade, maybe which is he, none. Maybe if he actually was able to like do clips consistently after week after week, I then know, maybe right? We can trust something important to him. Like it, we give him the simplest thing with like an easy, clearly defined deadline. Can't meet it. Can't meet it. Uh, anyway, uh, we are taking your live calls. Uh, Limit Break Radio on Skype eight one zero five one five eight seven one five limitbreakradio.com slash discord. We want to hear from you all about your reaction to the official samurai announcement. Uh, of course, uh, you'll notice that Nika is not here. It's because we have fired her for being right about something. It's the first time that any that that's ever, ever happened. happened. Yeah, it's that's weird. So we fired. We her. weren't comfortable with that. Yeah, it made us incredibly. Uh, insecure about ourselves. Rip Nika. So you won't be hearing her on this show anymore. But I hear that she has started a show with Fusion X and Samus and uh, Joe Never Fails. So you can go ahead and listen to that show. What? No mention of Frosty? Oh, yeah. That was the other guy. <laughs> you know, that was his first show or first time on the on, the, on our show. That was really... To, to, to be fair, Samus is a pretty smart guy, and I don't think he would get into bed with Fusion X. I'm just saying. So... You I, were dumb enough to make that, that move early on in your career. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? I mean, where it am I now? feels like I'm dying inside. Where am I now? Yeah, but that's not because of... Who's on my show now? Fusion. Who's on my show now? Fusion X. No. He's not. Oh, well, he's, he was. He's out in Europe. He's actually enjoying himself at the European Fan Fest. Something that we don't get to have access to. Enjoying? Yeah, no, it seems like. Do you really enjoy life if you're Fusion X? <laughs> <laughs> Rubbing that samurai all up in your smug ass faces. Samurai hype. Uh huh. Okay. Mm. That's, that's I, nice. I that's nice. I, I mean, don't see much hype, to be honest. I, I, I also. I'm not. I'm not sure if there's any rubbing to do. Oh, Nika's Nika's not here, so... I'm leveling Black Mage and getting good at PvP so I can fucking AoE nuke the incoming. Infestation of La Lafelwayaboo's hashtag Katrian Limit Break I like, Radio. I like how he has to spell. Like, I, I, I have to say, I really appreciate Thor's donations because he takes the time. I think he takes the time to take them to uh, Google Translate first <laughs> to make sure that it says all the words correctly. Yes, exactly. And I and I have to admire that. That's the. the that is some, dedication. That is, yeah, I'm I'm impressed by that. One uh, thing I want to point out before anyone makes any more donations uh, during uh, Maya and Kahlo's D and D stream, we had a little bit of a ruckus going on to the point where we couldn't play unless we turned off the donation. So I changed it. So you have to donate five dollars to have your donation read on. That's screen. right. That's right. So now somebody ruined it because they were spamming the same donation from the show the previous day over and over and over again with one dollar. Yeah. So we thought that something was broken so uh here's the thing 
All right. It'll still like appear on the screen for a dollar. Yeah. But it won't be read. Yeah. We might read it. We can choose to read it at that point if we want. We're probably not going to because you're a cheap piece of shit. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing with your life? <laughs> and you need to get your. Yeah. You need to get your shit together. Come on. And get your shit money. Be an adult. Be an adult and give five dollars or get the fuck out. Just kidding. Anyway. No, but this is why we can't have nice things, guys. Just saying, this is why we can't have nice Although, things. Although, no, you know what? To Twitch uh, chat's credit, I thought it was going to take a lot shorter time for us to reach that conclusion. Yeah, we actually thought the uh, the sloppy episode was going to do it, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that drop. Yeah, no, don't. Stop. Don't. Stop. Don't. No. No. Don't. I swear to God, don't test me. Don't. Uh, do not look at me, Sal. Oh, okay. <laughs> God, I forget you have you. There are some drops in there that I forget that you have. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sloppy yeah. son of a bitch. They fucking hate God, you f- on a fundamental level. You're the you worst. Disgust me. You're the worst. Yeah. No. All right. Let's start. Uh, let's start lining up them calls uh, again. Limit Break Radio on Skype eight one zero five one five eight seven one five. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. You want to rub it in our smug faces? Come on, bring it on. You're welcome to try. Yeah. You can. You can give us a call if you want. White Knight Nika, if you want. She's not here to. You know. Give you the. I am sorry, Callow, but no one can hear you, you from you Nika's giant throbbing erection that you <laughs> are gagging of. on right now because of all the shit you gave her on Samurai. And if any of you guys think that it's suddenly gonna stop, yeah, you have another thing coming. I I think I think you guys misunderstood what the joke was, and it was more about having the ability to make fun of Nika on a level that bothered her, and less about whether we genuinely wanted samurai in this game or not. That being said, now that we've seen it and we've seen some of the aesthetics associated with it, I do. Uh, I got some. I got. I have. I have words. I think that I have things to say, but we'll get there. We're not there yet. I got words too. We're not there yet. They're good ones. Are the best. <laughs> Only the best. They're the best. The best words you've ever heard. Are, are they huge words? They're huge. Do they win bigly? They're good. Anyway, let's check out what's going on in FF14 News. This is a limit breaking news update. All right. Incoming patch 3.55 maintenance, guys. Just so you know. Oh, what day is that? February 27th. Is that soon? That's coming out. Oh, man. That's two weeks from now. That's not soon. Uh, also, uh, it's, so in order to accompany patch 3.55 and the ending of the feast season three for those that care, uh, we will be performing an infrastructure maintenance, blah, 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 blah. Uh, February 27th, 6 p.m. to uh, February 28th, 2 a.m. Pacific. Just so you know. It's when we're going down for maintenance. Uh, on top of that, uh, the gear design contest deadline is approaching. So uh, a little bit of a correction that we have to make. We uh, we did say that they should be separate. Uh, the ranged magic DPS and healer gear, they are separate contests. Oh, they are? Oh, yeah, they are. So there's three different contests? There's two. There's there's, there's healers range oh, range right, okay. magic DPS right that's one category and then healers you know I was about to be like well then you know how come tanks got their own all by itself and they put lump two together but then the tank one was probably also you know like a proof of concept now that they know how to handle it they're taking on a bigger load yeah yeah so they are running two at the same time so just so everyone's clear but that uh, 
that is uh, that deadline is coming up February 24th. So if you're interested in submitting for that, make sure that you take note of that deadline. See, there seems to be one more thing, but I've got uh, that link won't move out of the way. There we go. Uh, by the way, and also uh, Corsair is uh, giving away oh a fat God. Chocobo PC Have in honor. looked at it? Of the uh, FF14 Fan Fest. Yes, this is very cool. Literally a fat Chocobo. I'm it signing really up is. for the contest right now. I, mm. I am not a robot. <laughs> oh, no, you're not a rope. Oh. No, it was asking. Well, we're not. We're <laughs> not a capture. Okay, fine. He's not actually podcasting. He just. Yeah, this is this is a Corsair. Yeah, this should be fine. Anyway, the custom rig is uh, made by Ron Lee Christensen, and you should definitely check it out. Um, I'm sure uh, Kuki has provided a link in the chat room. I'm sure, we'll also have a uh, link at our website, LimitBreakRadio.com. But if you really want to see it, Corsair.com/ff14win. And that's 1-4 for the 14. It's pretty goddamn cool. Better fix the bit donation limit to only dollar per 100 bits. Side note, I deem your new job predictions to be sloppy. Lolololo 420 blaze to get Rex He just made a Nero spit out his drink. Almost. No, no, no. I didn't even get it. Like, the, the drink hadn't even reached through the straw yet. And, and if it had... If it had, it would have been all over my gear. That would have, that would have been terrible. What was... It, it was just a bunch of LOLs in a row. And it came out as lol. Lo, lo, lo. <laughs> the Merlock. Oh, it's just never done that before. It's always went lol. Lol. Yeah. Like what the fuck? That was crazy. Um. <laughs> God damn. Uh. So there you go. If you want to win a uh, FF14 custom fat chocobo uh, PC from Corsair, you can do that over at uh, Corsair.com/ff14win. Uh. All right. Let's talk about. EU Fan Fest. Lots of uh, announcements, lots of things to talk about, starting with uh, the keynote. Obviously, this was happening out in uh, Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, and I, I, let me just, can I just say something to Germany? All right. Go fuck yourself. No. Oh. That's a little strong. Go lick yourself? Mm-mm. Go that's, lick your butthole. That's weirdly specific. And then make letters with your tongue. Like in the butthole? Yeah, where else would you do it? Okay. Well, um, okay, all right. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to erase that part from my memory real quick. Uh, Germany. Can we maybe work on the enthusiasm level a little bit? When I was watching, <laughs> when I was watching the stream at home, and, and I, granted, this may have been the fault of the production company. They may not have correctly mic'd the crowd or had them up in the mix. But I have to say, during the opening trailer, the full trailer, that included the Samurai Confirm, very muted enthusiasm there from Germany. You know why? I, I Look, I'm just... I, it's because Samurai sucks. Nobody wanted Samurai. Come on. They it, it, was, it was the safe bet. Everyone's just like... Oh. Oh, Actually, you know what disappointed really? me the most about it was, didn't they tell us that what we saw at the uh, Las Vegas Fan Fest, they're like, that's just a fraction of the opening video. Right. I feel like it was at least half. 
Um, I see. The thing is, is that like half is a fraction, though. <laughs> Shut up. I see. I thought they Man. were specifically referencing more stuff that was happening in Alamigo, which, of course, the second half of that trailer that was unseen doesn't. It, it mm-hmm. completely takes the focus off of anything yeah. that's happening in Alamigo and takes us all the way across into Author. So, um, yeah, I think that I think that that's kind of apt, but <laughs> at the same time. Uh, you know, the the enthusiasm on the part of the EU players, I think, like, I'm just saying, Germany, like, like, can we find a happy medium between like, like, don't get so enthused that you go invade Poland or anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, maybe dial it back a little bit, but a little bit more enthusiasm was probably warranted for Samurai. A bunch of Germans invading Poland dressed as Samurais. <laughs> I, I guess that would have been awkward. That would have been culturally awkward. Culturally Can they inv- invade France, though? Um. Anyway, so, no, but seriously, Germany, like, why, like, I did not feel the hype. I just didn't. I didn't feel the hype from the crowd. And that's a little disappointing. Well, it's just a cultural thing. I mean, Germans don't really get excited about things. Ragan saying this just in Europe is boring. Confirmed. That 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 true. Confirmed, I think. Uh, Brexit so, was right. <laughs> so we did uh, obviously get the new Stormblood trailer, which uh, I'll go ahead and uh, pull up here on the stream. But uh, I got to have uh, just a second. But uh, a lot of uh, confirmations coming in this trailer that people have been waiting for a very, very long time for. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think that this trailer would have been more enthusiastically received either in Japan or America. I really kind of question why Square Enix decided to organize or order the fan fests that they did because i just i i just knew that the third one's gonna be a wet sloppy fart so they had to give it to eu it's not germany's fault i don't think but i don't think that this is necessarily like i don't think this is the most the like the most disappointing of the three though do you uh no, I, I turned the donations off for bits. For by the way, uh, but no, um, I feel like probably America was though no. biggest wet fart. We didn't get any job confirmations, hard confirmations. No, no, no. I I disagree. I think that Germany was the biggest letdown. I mean, even though it might have just been a small fraction of it. Fuck you, Jaxty, for stealing my words. Hashtag mute Jaxta. <laughs> Okay, well, it's $10. (laughs) Okay, but yeah, think about it. Think about how much hype surrounded the lady in red, right? Like, looking back on it now, sure, nothing really came of it, but you cannot deny the amount of hype surrounding the lady in red, uh, red mage soft confirm, uh, people going nuts over increased inventory, dropping PS3 support. By the we way, we got those first. By the, but by the way, still some of the biggest cheers of the entire presentation. Well, still, yeah, yeah. The, when they the when they went over, PS3 yeah, when they again. went over those facts again. Yeah, the only big thing. That we got, which which I just want to point out. I just want to point out. Ha 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 ha. Fuck you, Starcade, because everyone unanimously agrees that dropping this dead weight of a system is a good idea. You 
dumb twat. Eat my dick! You don't need to respond for him in drops, you know? Well, I felt like it was appropriate. Yeah. Well, the the biggest announcement that we got from this fan fest that I don't think anybody saw coming was the inclusion of Authored and yeah. the Far East. That's actually huger than what... I th- that is a really big deal. No, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's that that's like the biggest thing. I mean, some people might argue samurai, but that didn't surprise anybody. And no, no, especially after the leaks. That there's there's no real big hype about it. Well, yeah. I mean, they are swinging but, the sword, so that's pretty cool. The sword swung with the inclusion of authored. I actually do uh, have a few qualms with Square Enix over that. I mean, overall, yeah, it's probably great. Again, big, big, big surprise. I mean, remember all the arguments that uh, that we had with Anira where he's like, where are we supposed to go? There's there's not enough room over there to do anything. It definitely, well, it, ex- Hang on. it explains some of these decisions that Square Enix has made recently f- uh, uh, regarding, like, Zelfatol and, and stuff like that. Like, yeah, they were trying to clearly flesh out the map. So Samuari is DPS? My inner anime geek is gushing. Also, that housing area, I am a sucker for Far East housing. Mm. We're going to get to that. Yeah! We're, we're definitely going to get to that. Let's, Please keep let's, your weeb in your pants. Yeah, let's start, with, uh, let's start with the trailer here. We'll take a look at the trailer. Penis trailer. Uh, one thing that people may not have noticed. Penis that, trailer? I don't, know, I don't know. I was just talking. Uh, one thing I noticed that people may have missed is that the flags at the, at the first part of like the fighting yeah. at the, in the bottom, they actually have uh, colors on them. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. Purple. Because I'll admit you are gay. <laughs> Th- thanks. Thanks, Chuck. So. It's funny, actually, in this trailer, like, before, I didn't really notice the whole, like, idea that she was attacking with her sleeves. But now, actually, in this trailer, I definitely, like, I, 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 I noticed that moment that people were talking about. Yeah. But that doesn't mean anything anymore, here. No, it doesn't. No. I, I do think that this does give us some, uh, some, uh, you know, looks into, uh, new monk animations, though. Probably, but... Actually, I don't know. I mean, not every monk is going to have sleeves on. Yeah. Well, no, not with not the attacking with the sleeves. I'm just saying, like oh, some of these moves. Okay. Yeah, like some of these moves are definitely going to be animations that they have. Right. Yep. There you go. It's got the got the colors right there. Purple for game. depresses me now. Why? Because they said it was a fraction, and it's just not that, there's not that much. Yeah, like, when you compare it to, like, Dragon Song, like... I do really like, I I do want to say, though, I really like kind of like this Game of Thrones type feel. Yeah, no, this This was a good reveal. Oh my god, yes, because when it just so got, and then then when it comes to this, I'm like, I look to Jux, I'm like, 
Oh, is that Doma? I was like, oh shit! Was that, is that Doma? No fucking yeah. way! Yes, that was. Get out of here! And you know what? I will give it. This was probably one of the best executed reveals. This is yeah, yeah that was, yeah. A, yeah. But, and it was a good hide too. Like nobody, I don't think anyone expected this. This is kind of cool. I wonder what this is all about. This city under underwater. I definitely think that that's mm -hmm. that's going to be some kind of dungeon or event. Yeah. See, what I I feel like this. So, the opening cutscene we got for Heaven's War, I feel like that was an introduction to the Dragon Song War, to the whole ordeal. <laughs> Not the Dragon Song War, the Alamegan conflict. You mean? Oh, you mean, uh, what are you talking I'm about? I'm comparing this oh, to, to the he Heaven's War War. Gotcha. This, now, I feel like this is just an introduction to the areas rather than the expansion's narrative as a whole, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah I get, I get the, where you're going. Yeah, this is more of just like a big reveal trailer, you yeah. know? Doma, Samurai, new characters. Weebiness. Oh, so oh much weebiness. He so cuts much. all of these in half, like, come on. Tips hat, m'lady. If it was, which, which, like, by the way, okay. Destruction of public property. Why is that cool? Monk gear, strength based. He'd never be able to move that fast. He's not a fucking ninja. Thank you very much. Well, but this is your guys' cultural homeland. I mean, you're ninjas, right? Uh, no. No, we are Eorzeans first. We just appropriated this culture. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're making it white again. <laughs> oh, remember when Nero thought they were going to kill you, Geary? Can I just say, yeah. I'm white. No, I'm white. That's true. Can I just say, I really hope that ninjas end up getting a falcon pet. <gasps> can I just... Can, I came a little bit. I, can, <laughs> I, I really want that to be a thing. And then... For for ninjas to get that, and then for dragoons to never I get mean, a pet. Yeah. Oh my god. Never be so ever cool. be a pet class. That would be so amazing. <gasps> I want to. That you could know. just lord that over Ascalia until the end of goddamn time. Oh. <laughs> See, you guys need to understand that our our a lot. Sometimes when we advocate for something, that it's to see the reaction from. Some of our fellow yeah, it's hosts. It's not even necessarily for the betterment of the game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's to it's specifically to make Ascalia sad. Yes. Or specifically to make us Anika sad. We we literally feed off of misery right. and hate. Right. Mm -hmm. Which which by the way, when Heaven's Word was uh was coming out and you guys used to sit here and give me shit about Judge or that Dark Knight <laughs> would never be included in the game, I don't remember any goddamn white knights coming out to my defense and going, Well, you guys are being really mean to a Nero. It's because you don't have a vagina. Nobody did that. It's not about puss, alright? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody did that. Okay, so I'm I'm so so over the tweets going like, oh my god, I can't wait for Nico to be able to rub your guys' face. Yeah, do you guys think we're suddenly gonna stop? Like, we're just gonna find something new. Oh my god, that's lick, how lick, that's lick how this works. It's like it's the first time that they've ever tuned into one of these shows. Yeah, <laughs> you guys know how this works. I shouldn't need to explain this shit. And yet you not, do. Not after every a, single episode. Not after a hundred episodes, motherfucker. Come on. Oh, jeez. 
All right. So uh, lots of announcements, uh, including authored. We're definitely going to author. We got an entirely new map. Does anyone like the name authored? I mean, is there like... I think I just think, just think it sucks. It doesn't sound weeby enough to me. Yeah. Th- that's what it is. It doesn't have like a nay in it or authored nay Kugami Sichi penis fuckers. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like you should just cut off your stream of consciousness a little bit sooner, okay? Yeah. Like, just- like when, once you feel that need to say penis, stop. <laughs> yeah, like that's a pretty... That's a pretty clear line. Like, once you reach there, like, yeah, that should be the, your cutoff. The bar that I was in last night, the bathroom had, like, a graffiti motif. Was there a penis? No, but there was just oh. one word that just said penis. And I'm like, Juxta was here. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That was Juxta. <laughs> penis. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Um, okay, so uh, we definitely know uh, we're going to authored, uh, which is uh, pretty great. I think that that's a pretty great move. It's it's huge. I mean, you're more than doubling the amount of land masses that we have now. Yeah. Uh, I guess it remains to be seen how much, like how many zones we actually get. Because I mean, author looks to be relatively, I guess, a little bit smaller than Eorzea is, right? But think of how many zones there are right now in in like the mainland map, right? Yeah. I don't think we're gonna get that many zones in author i mean we've seen a few we've seen a few they would make so much money if they added Giltos as a samurai ability the store you know not wrong always toss gil our way except instead of gil you have to toss actual coins like actual dollars <laughs> uh you know i i'm i am gonna be curious how uh samurai ends up mm-hmm. operating um but i do want to uh, before we get to samurai i do want to talk about um you know i do want to talk about authored and mm-hmm. and going to doma because this is kind of a big deal and something that we had i guess shouted down early the idea that this could happen uh mostly because i and and let me tell you why i actually have a little bit of problem with this from a narrative perspective is the Doman refugees really that the impression that I was left with, and I don't know, I can't confirm this. I didn't go look it up. Um, you know, and I don't, and it's been a long time, so I, I don't remember exactly what the context was, but it seemed like the Doman refugees made it seem like what had happened in Doma was so bad. And, Granted, it could be, but I think going to Doma or having Doma so equally or or easily accessible sort of undercuts the idea that they had to come all the way to Eorzea. Yeah, imagine a huge trip across the ocean instead of just going to uh, Kugane, Kugan. Kugan? Kugan. Kugan. Instead of just going to Kugan. Yeah. Kugan. You think even though they are an isolationist, you know, society or whatever. Yeah, I've heard that tune before. Look, they can't be that isolationist if that's where our new housing wards are Mm going to be. Mm -hmm. Straight up. Now, in Square Enix's defense, what would actually be extremely interesting and could really provide some uh, some some really compelling uh, character devices for Yugiri is what if there was a different reason that the Domans didn't go over there, right? Like, like, like what if they actually lied to us about the reason they're coming to Eorzea? That, if, like, undercuts our trust once we find this out. What if the Kuganians 
actually are all samurais and they all hate ninjas so domans couldn't go there I'm just saying. I really, I really hope that because because you're 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 absolutely right, Nero. The fact that now there's this whole big think, giant yeah, stuff it, that they could have went somewhere else. It undercuts. Like, yeah, it undercut the severely, urgency of that. Severely. And not just and and it's sort of like even in right down to like the placement of the city on the on the actual Othard map, like geographically, because mm-hmm. there's space that they could have gone. And unless there's a good goddamn reason, and by the way, I didn't see any good goddamn reason in any of the promo stills that we saw or you know any of the video walkthroughs that yeah, we there saw there better be destroyed cities and settlements that we can yeah see. there's got to be a good goddamn reason now there have been some really interesting screenshots that we saw from the north american fan fest that included a mountain with a hole in the side of it um th- there admittedly could be some very brutal stuff there and i'm just i i my i'm i'm not saying that it's going to be bad i'm just saying i'm concerned that it could be bad or cheesy because yeah because they they really need to make that plot point compelling that yeah, yeah these now, these people needed to leave mm-hmm. now yoshi also did say too that yugiri was going to play like a big big part in the narrative right i really hope it's not just like all right you know yugiri and us were the envoy to like you know rally all these people together right like i really want to see some some character conflicts on the level of like uh you know astinian clashing with yasail or you know yasail trying to come to grips with the fact that you know what you're not shiva you're some bastardized version of her or that moogles are soft and let me tell you let me tell you the other problem that i have from this is for this is that um, we got a bit of a split storyline with Heaven's Word. We got two patches, three patches ish of very tightly focused Dragon Song War content, which then the focus shifted for one patch, or maybe if you want to stretch it a patch and a half, to focus on the Warriors of Darkness. Mm-hmm. And then another patch, maybe patch and a half. To set up the Alamegan conflict. And I feel like a lot of these plot points are just not oh. being given time to actually have the narrative impact that they could. Oh, are you afraid that with so much of Doma being accessible now that they're just going to be running into more of that hanging plot thread? Uh, yeah, I think that this um. this this definitely splits our attention between what's going on in El Amigo and what's going on in Author. And even if it doesn't do that, if they do actually start rounding up all of these narratives, I think we're still going to suffer because now the Alamegan resistance and liberation of El Amigo, which up till now we thought was going to be like the crux of the expansion even if they decide to like you know finish that off really quick now there's been all this hype and all this build up to finally freeing El Amigo and doesn't it just feel like we're sweeping it under the rug pretty quickly I mean yeah it does it kind of does and I'm a little concerned in that in that regard I, look they've they've done very clever narrative things before to be able to make it all hang together and I think that they definitely have the talent and the resources to be able to do that here but I, I I'm concerned and then when you throw on top of it that we know that the raid is going to be connected to Evilise and not necessarily intrinsically to FF14 that gives me another reason to be concerned uh, DK Donkey Kong is pointing out that maybe uh, Kug Ann is primarily controlled by the Garleans. That's why the Domans couldn't go there. So why are we hanging out there so much? 
It seems like if in, it's unless what do we within the first patch or by the end of the first expand or the actual expansion storyline free quest. them? Because if both the rebellions are tied up by the end of patch 4.0, where the fuck do we go from there? Yeah, I I just I I don't know. I it does seem like I said it seems to split the attention. There's a lot of que- a lot more questions have popped up than answers. Here's another one. What was announced at FanFest? All right, that we needed context from patch 3.5. Uh, we, need, we need to know that Yugiri was still alive. We we knew that, but did we? Yeah, yeah. Are we sure? Because I hadn't seen her in like a couple patches. That's still not nothing. I don't yeah. think. I mean, the the biggest reveal was obviously that we're going to Doma, but. I don't think that had we known that now or before patch 3.5 that it really would have made that much of a difference. No. I would have just been thinking sooner, well, then what the fuck are we doing in Alamigo? Like, that's going to be over pretty quick. Yeah. 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 All right, let's talk about the weeb. We'll see how it plays out. The story narrative could pay off on a high note. Hashtag Bantscoro Kappa. I mean, it could... I mean, we could we could end up farting rainbows at the end of this expansion. We don't know. <gasps> That'd be so cool. I'm just saying, A farting like, rainbow mount. But I'm just saying, like, there's equal possibility of either one of those things happening. Okay, you know what? I have an idea now. Re- reading some stuff in the chat here. What if the reason we go to Doma is when we attack Alamigo? Okay, uh, let's say the Garleans have to pull forces from Doma to either contend with us or launch some type of sneak attack somewhere. So we decide, all right, let's go and help the Domans first, then they can help us with Alamigo. That's like the only thing I could possibly come up with. Man, I just don't know, dude. I don't know. This, it, it, I'm, I'm curious how they're going to do it, but I have concerns. Yeah, no, because yeah, you're right. The Probably the biggest criticism that we had for the heavens ward expansion and even to some extent the end of a realm reborn was how many different stories they had going at once and how long it took them to come back to those different stories yeah and and if they're introducing and resolving things that quickly i think that that's is that that's that's pretty uh unsatisfying as well i don't know we'll see We'll see. Uh, let's go to our phone lines. Uh, we're going to talk about Samurai next, but uh, we'll have uh, Fate and Daris of Genova kick us off. What's going on, Fate? Welcome to Limit Break Radio. Oh, glad to be on. How are you guys doing over there? Good. Thanks for calling. Shitty. In. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Look, it'll all pass. You guys will feel better. You know, it's okay to admit defeat every once in a while, but, you know, don't let it get to you. You know, it's just one thing at a time. Did we get defeated? Um, well, no, I just... It, Okay, just admit defeats. But uh, what, all right, what, what did we lose to? Yeah, I'm not sure what what, you, what what you're talking about us losing on. I think we're fine. Okay, uh, enough about that. Um, okay, okay. The the, uh, the the whole thing is that I, I was my biggest surprise was Doma, and I was interested to find out how you know they bragged about. Oh, well, this is so much more content than Heaven's Ward. I'm like, mm-hmm. well. Continent, continent-wise, not really, but then you realize, oh snap! The, the in, like the third of the whole planet. Oh man! Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Well, looking and, on the map, it's nearly the size of all the Grand Company nations combined. Yeah, and the thing is, is that this is our first time even really getting a sense of what exists outside of the Eorzean borders. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was no way for us. Authored was completely a. 
just a concept. You know, like we had no tangible idea of what we knew it was someplace. Yeah. But there's even still sections of author that need to be, uh, you know, that 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 will need to be fleshed out. So they did give us a lot of world and a lot of map. My major concern, though, is that the alpha footage that they were showing uh, was pretty barren uh, when it comes to the landscape and the surrounding villages. But then again, they might just be showing us alpha footage and not really much uh, of any uh, assets supplied on the plains. Um, Aside from that, I mean, whether the story concept of it, I mean... And this is probably a terrible example. Like, say World War II, you know, uh, at the end of World War II, uh, we had, we, the Americans, uh, right? (laughs) They did a a terrible thing uh, to a country, but they didn't destroy the capital. They only destroyed some of the other cities. So I'm imagining that there would be other, you know, Garlean nukes uh, of devastation on on these plains that used to be towns or cities uh, that, oh, we fought as much as we fought, but we we have been taken over from, by the Garleans, something like that. Um, Well, I think that, authored as a landmass is far more conquered by the Garleans mm. than Eorzea is. Their push into Authord was a lot more successful than the attempted pushes into well, yeah, Eorzea. I mean, look where Doma is. It's on the east side right by the coast, which means they've pushed through all of Authord except for the little island nation or the little, you know, island settlements where like, you know, Kug'an exists and stuff like that. But it, it does remain to be seen exactly how much of the landmass is controlled by the Garleans. Now, if we're going into Authord and it is like an occupied territory by the Garleans, I think that that is enti- that's really compelling. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of cool and really compelling. But we didn't see a lot of that as uh, as fate had mentioned. We didn't see a lot of that in the alpha footage. We saw a lot of wide open spaces and what seemed like long standing, um, you know, long Doman architect or not don't but our authorian architecture. There you go, ramen bowls. But just but stuff that had existed clearly for a long time. It's not it's not necessarily. You know, we saw no evidence influenced of war. by the Garleans. Yeah, there's no influence of war. There's no influence of occupation. But we have been told by the Square Enix dev team that those elements do exist. That you know, longer standing, more permanent Garlean architecture does exist for this new patch or for this i'm sorry for this new expansion so now the question well i think the question now becomes because we've opened up the map so much does that more permanent architecture exist in alamigo or does it exist out Mm. in authored the question is how long was the garleans invaded doma like how long ago was that that was recent because they they pretty much annihilated the city, which is why the refugees came. And then they came. And then they came. So. Yeah, they came. They it's came like maybe to a couple us. Months. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it should I mean, still game be time. Warfront. Game time. I, it's it's tough to say for sure. But it, there should still be marks, scars of war. It's oh, absolutely. Just, unlike in Alamigo, where things have been that way for generations yes. see now but the thing is is that if, if they use some kind of super weapon right like that's why i had referenced that hole in the mountain yeah yeah if they had used something that could that was that destructive then i could you know i i, I could see having to respond to that if that becomes a presence or a threat directly to us okay well let's let's go back to uh the domans though when they came to us as refugees right it's not my imagination. I they definitely mentioned like they tried to resist 
or or was it just Yugiri's clan? I, I don't know, but there was definitely some talk of trying to resist the Garleans, and they wiped them out. Like they flat out, there was nothing left. Was was the 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 impression that I got? Yeah, I'm not imagining that, am I? No, I don't think you are because I think that that's that's the sentiment that I have surrounding that moment. So could it be then if they do have some type of Garlean super weapon, right? The Domans tried to resist them. The super weapon was used on them specifically, which would have obliterated everything. Mm-hmm. And that then put the other areas of Othard into submission. I mean, yes, that is entirely possible. You're talking sort of like a, a bit like a, a influenced by which, like Starkiller base or something like which that. Which could also explain why the Domans didn't try to go anywhere else. Because it probably could have been a case of, look, you tried to resist the Garleans. We can't take you in because that's not happening to us. And that's why they were forced to cross the sea to us. Okay. All right. Which, that's possible. Which I could see that. Which we have been the only other area, anyone, to have ever stood up to the Garleans and repelled them. Well, we did have this interesting plot point that Yoshi P had mentioned as a part of the North American Fan Fest. That there is... You, you, we will end up running into the sentiment that Garlean occupation or Garlean allegiance is not a bad thing. Now that we know that we're going to Authored, I think maybe that's where we might run into that sentiment a little bit more. Alamigo is still a newly occupied nation. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that they did talk about it in the context of Alamigo, but we don't know what the Garleans relationship with the Authard peninsula or not peninsula but the entire nation or, or country or whatever you want to call it what land that landmass yeah we don't know what the relationship between the garleans and the authardians looks like we do know that aorzia authards authards <laughs> i like that we do know we i mean we do know for a fact that aorzia the entirety of the aorzia banded together united together to repel the garleans we don't know definitively much of that history mm-hmm. over in Authard. I think that's what I'm most yeah, interested in. We, we also by. have chat saying that, that Authard has been under Garlean control, and what happened with Doma was that they tried to incite an uprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Juxta, do you have any thoughts on it that are actually, you know, tangible, coherent points that don't involve phallic symbols? Uh, well, I think that Doma is probably a penis, but going off of that, I think that it's probably likely that Doma is completely obliterated. Like, Doma as the city. Doma is just a city. Mm-hmm. It's right. not unreasonable to, for the Guardians to just have completely wiped away Doma. Mm-hmm. There is no trace of Doma. We didn't even see any pictures of Doma, the actual Doma, in the keynote. So I'm willing to bet that Doma doesn't exist. That doesn't mean that surrounding areas, surrounding clans don't also are still will still be there we can assume that Mm -hmm. okay so what about this whole splitting the the narrative thing i mean honestly i i I was so hyped when they showed doma right like out of all the reveals they've done between all three fan fests uh and you're you're absolutely right the way that they did that in that sort of game of thrones style it was amazing like like even halfway through when it's showing gar like uh garlemald right I didn't know what to expect, but when they showed all of Doma, that's amazing. But then you bring up such a great point. Their biggest glaring shortcoming through the last expansion was these hanging plot threads. Because even when they came back to one that we that we wanted to know more about, right. it had been so long, like, we kind of stopped caring. Well, not just that, but I mean, like, having our attention split in so many different places, too, narratively, is very disjointed. So you have to have... 
you know, a sense of where these two plot lines are going. And we already know that we're going to have uh, Omega to contend with as right. well. So, I mean, all right. So we we, we have uh, Zeno, who's supposed to be like the big baddie. Now, now, the thing is, is that if Zeno is manipulating things or creating the conflict in both Alamigo. That's what I'm wondering. And yeah. and in Doma, then maybe we have something. Yeah, because we've been led to believe that Xenos is the guy who's in control of Alamigo. So right. who's supposed to be the big baddie or, or, or the end goal for Authored? Right. Um, I th- I think it is going to end up being Xenos because I think what's going to end up happening is the threat to Alamigo is going to be what under what ended up wiping up Doma. Mm-hmm. What ended up wiping it off the map. So that's that. At least that's just that's my opinion. Um, but it, yeah, I I I just I'm not I'm not really sure how this spreading out of priorities is going to end up mm-hmm. uh, and that's not to say anything it, about you know. the uh the kingdom or the palace that we saw underwater as well i mean coerthus was boom it's right there it's right within or uh um in aorzia i'm gonna it's make a part predi- of us. i want to make a prediction about the underwater uh the underwater Go thing. Go for it. Uh, I think that's either going to be the staging for the next Palace of the Dead, whatever, whatever you know, the multiple floor mm-hmm. dungeon is going to be, mm-hmm. or that's going to be the staging. Yeah, no, I think that's what it's going to be because uh, Eureka is kind of like the equivalent of what the new Diadem is going to end up being. So I'm going to assume probably that that, that Eureka is going to be located in Authored somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, I don't know, because it does have in in just sort of the stills that we've seen associated as some of the art that we've seen associated does look like it could be in Sea of Clouds. So who's not to say, though, that authored has some type of formation similar to what caused the Sea of Clouds, right? Yeah, they might. They might. I don't know. I'm the, the more and more we talk about, the more worried I am because Coerthus is right there. Like it's part of Eorzea, and we still s- felt like we were spread thin. And now we're and it talking didn't, about. Well, it didn't necessarily even feel that connected to the other parts yeah. of, of a realm reborn. Yeah, and now we're talking about Alamigo, authored, which is across the friggin' ocean. Right. Uh, this underwater place. Who knows where you know Eureka is? If it's located somewhere in between where all that like cloudy stuff was on the map, the, the Game of Thrones style map i don't know uh by the way fate thanks for the call we appreciate it uh if you want to call limit break radio because we want to hear your reactions to samurai to authored to all of the Stormblood announcements limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com slash discord get in on the conversation maybe you can try to cheer us up mm-hmm. bring bring the uh bring the hype levels up bring in the some room. sanity here because <laughs> there's lots of things to consider like where's the new idly shire could that be the underwater place Could well, that I th- be no the, i think no, that's kagan that's the, the I mean, no, 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 because no, it's, uh, Kagani is the uh, that's going to be the new Ishgard. Well, what about Alamigo? Alamigo is going to be not the Alamigo is going to be Garlean controlled. Yeah, we won't actually liberate that. Okay, in all right, okay, all right. And then the Ralgar's Reach, then do you think that's going to be that's, the new? That's the one that's what yeah. we're going to be building up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right because it doesn't make you're sense right. to build up Kugani. No, nope, you're right, already. you're right, yeah. you're right, you're totally right. I know, I'm always right. Uh, that's no, not what right. he said. That's not what he said. Oh, okay. What about the? Uh, we didn't hear anything about the uh, Lakshmi and her uh, Beastman followers. The um, nope, we sure didn't. Yeah. But we did hear about a whole new uh, Beast tribe. Uh, Ninja with Turtles. The, yeah, the uh, the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that do have their own uh, 
their own uh, primal, primal. And, a, and an entirely new primal too. Uh, I'm actually trying to find that now on the online. Which I, I hate to do that. I, I hate to keep like riding the 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 dehype train. Yeah. Oh my god. I was really Susano. That's who it yeah, is. Yeah. I was actually kind of excited when they started talking about Susano Conway because I think that the strongest beast tribes we've had are the ones who haven't been inherently like you know wild or evil or wanted to fight us. Right. Yeah. The Nath were super cool. Um, the Vanu I thought worked out pretty well. Fuck the Mughals. Um, but okay, so these these Koshi or Kojin, what are they called? Uh, Ko- uh, yeah, Kojin. Okay, so the Kojin, really adept at communication. They're all about like trade and stuff like that. So so it kind of like hit me as like kind of like you know the the Nath Beast Tribe, right? Yeah. All into collecting treasures and stuff. They, well, they are getting more nuanced with their depiction of the Beastmen, which they, I that's like. That's true, too. So, okay, maybe there's a split faction, but it, it's kind of it didn't really make sense to me that they talk about how they're underwater, they're good at communication, they're traitors by nature, you know, all of this stuff. And then it's like, they have a primal that basically looks like Thordin. Like, what need do they have to summon a primal if they're trading with people and maybe like, maybe the narrative maybe it will figure out like the arc of the story will make that clear or oh, I hope so. you know like it's I, who knows you know like but the, the it doesn't necessarily mean that you know they can't have their own primal i mean i do i think i i like the idea that we're exploring a friendlier beast tribe and and primal deity with lakshmi I don't think that we need to repeat that necessarily over here with with yeah. Susanna. Uh, Chat seems to think that, that underwater city belongs to Lakshmi and the. Uh, God, why am I forgetting the name of those stupid beastmen? Um, not the, they're not the, called Lamia. They're, they're not Lamia, but they're close to. Okay, them. they yes, look like yes, Lamia. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm, they're yeah. not. Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think they would have dedicated because it's possible. But the beastmen always play such like a small ancillary role on the side. And of that everything. was that was such a why that they, was such a focus. That yes, was a focal point of yes, the trailer. It absolutely was. Yeah, because it's a focal point of the trailer. That's what makes me think that no. But it could just be showing off like, oh, we have underwater stuff now. Anata, I don't know. Anata I don't. They call them. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think we're just gonna play want blitzball it, there. I want it to be important. Like I want it to. Oh yeah. Have some kind of meaning mm-hmm. and we don't know where the next staging for the palace of the dead could take place i think that would be a nice little nod if it was of more importance than ugh, blitzball or you know this is where the beastman tribe it's is. Ugh, whatever actually no what's that one town port kilica what you get to be more specific no the underwater one there wasn't a s- town that was underwater oh well i mean the one where they go to the blitzball championship that's luca luca okay that's what it is luca down there (laughs) get the fuck out uh let's go back to our phone lines and talk to kestrel cole of adam antois first time caller to the show kestrel thanks for calling in hi hi how's it going good how are you i'm all right all right Um, what would you like to discuss been been lurking around your guys' stuff since uh your second state of the realm thing oh nice nice Um, well welcome to the show Glad yeah, your um, tastes are I improving. My, <laughs> I guess my main point going back to the whole uh like uh, going to author, going to uh Alamigo thing is uh like I kind of feel like um you had all this like energy funneled toward Alamigo and then like all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah, we're going to Author too. Yeah. And then uh and then you had like that like how to put it like in the story, they always made a big deal about how like the Eorzean Alliance 
didn't have enough resources to do anything with like Alamigo or anything like that. And suddenly we're going to have enough resources to, to tack it on two, two of fronts. them. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely okay. undermines the Alamegan resistance that we've been sold so far. Well, but I don't he, think we're actually going to have the support of the Eorzean nation. Yeah. I was just going to say that. that yeah, That's why I, I interrupted you. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think that the Eorzean alliance is necessarily even going to have a dog in the fight in authored i think what's going to bring us to authored is one specific point like xenos like i think xenos is what's going to take us to authored and it's just it so happens that we're going to get more of the landmass than just one little tiny piece that is necessary for the narrative so which i think is a good thing i think that's awesome from from you know the point of view as of a player but i don't know that there's going to be a grander conflict for us to get wound up in i what what i expect is that we'll have the threat of the weapon used on doma to be used on uh alamigo and we have to go to author to stop it that's what my prediction for the narrative arc will be and that brings us into authored and once we're there now it's the continent opens up and we have a whole bunch of new culture and new uh stuff that's kind of thrown at us okay all right you know what that's fair that's fair because it still leaves alamigo like liberating alamigo as like like the end point right but we can't possibly go full blown into that so long as that weapon is a threat and when we're in Alamigo obviously we're going to need help of different factions different groups of people right and helping them work out their little problems blah blah blah, blah. right yeah see okay. see I, I I kind of I think it would be I think it would feel much larger from a player perspective if at first you know the the 4.0 Narrative is tightly, tightly, tightly focused in on Alamigo, what's happening in Alamigo, and stopping that threat and going to Authored to stop that threat. Once that threat has stopped, then Authored boom, opens up to you as this whole big area that now through the subsequent patches we are now dragged into and introduced to the the native conflicts okay. of the land that we had to go to to prevent a large-scale I, calamity i'm starting to feel this a lot more too because now having yugiri with us it also adds another layer of i think uh you know good character development for her and in, in i guess you would kind of well yes you kind of fill in the whole um um, she would be like our. She'd be kind of like Amrick, yeah. Amaric yeah, she'd be our bit, guide like, through it. But if yeah. what were uh, or the the idea that you know Domans couldn't go to the other uh, uh, authored nations because they were you know part of the rebellion and they could potentially use the weapon against whoever's harboring them, that adds another unique uh, layer there that she's serving as our guide, but using her might also kind of work to our disadvantage. But I think this is also a really interesting point for Square Enix to allow the player character to feel much like when we were brought into Heavensward, we felt the stripping of the goddesses, uh, you know, the, the goddesses protection. That's we would right. feel the stripping of the protection of the nations of Eorzea. Mm-hmm. And now we feel, you know, we would feel 
or, you know, the attempt would be from a narrative perspective to make us feel like a traveler out in into, a, you know, yeah. totally foreign land. And not to mention, because this is so far away, they it's very possible they haven't heard of a lot of our exploits as the Warriors of Light either. Or they wouldn't obviously know us by sight or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's I mean, there's definitely a lot to unpack here. Uh, a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, if they took that approach to it, I could see that. I, I could definitely see that being very cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yugiri isn't going to be the Amrik equivalent. She's going to be the Harchifant equivalent. And that means she's going to fucking Aww. die. Oh, sadness. Sadness. Well, I do call, uh, since authored is a thing, I do call there being a dungeon called the ruined city of Doma. So mm, that'd know. be pretty cool. Oh, but just a dungeon. Mm, yeah, I, I want, I'd want it to be more, but I'd know. actually like it to be, you know, what would be really cool is if it's the first, even if, dungeon or raid, if they use Doma as the setting for some type of content, they should make this be one of the first ones that's in the open world. So you can visit it outside of just going there through the dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. That and and they've also said that they've been look they've you know been looking at ways to do stuff like that to to you know make areas feel a lot more exclusive um, and I think that that's a that's a good suggestion to you know block some people off like that so uh, anyway thanks for the call you got any shout outs before we let you go uh I would call out my free company, the uh, Black Waltz, but uh, they all quit playing on me. So well, you kind of just did them. anyway. Well, fuck them. <laughs> well, now you called them out instead. I'm yeah, sure that's, that's a call out instead of a shout out. Y- yeah, there you go. I'm sure with uh, all of this new information that they'll be uh, they'll be coming back. Uh, you know, tail between their legs. They always do. Oh, yeah. One of them's already making a big, like, mess about Samurai, and I'm just like, there man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mean Red Mage. See? Anyway, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, if you would like to call Limit Break Radio, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. What do you think of the... Uh, of the, uh, you know, recently announced uh, ability to go to authored. Um, let's take a look at this map real quick. I, w- I did want to bring this up uh, and bring this up on screen. Can you show us a quick comparison to, <clears throat> to Eorzea too, like 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 size-wise on the map? Just yeah, we can just really kind of scroll over here. Oh, shit. It actually looks bigger, doesn't it? It is bigger. Yeah. Okay, uh, I had someone count. We have over 20 zones pre-Heavensward um, uh, in Eorzea, mm-hmm. okay? There's no way we're getting even close to that no, in Authored. we do know that there are sections of this map that are not going to be available, and that most of this map uh, is really going to focus on... Uh, we've got uh, uh, Kagan over here. Kagan. we got Kagan over here. we got uh, Doma is right here. Mm-hmm. Um, we also know that we're going to be getting the, um, the Sky steps. God. Sky gods. What's what's that down there at the bottom, right in the center? What's that island down there? Um, to your left. I don't know. I mean, does it, it have a name on it or no? It, it Tha- Thav Thavnair. 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 Oh, where Thavnair. the where the Thavnair uh, clothing comes from, hmm. and the onions. Oh, okay, there you go. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That that's a big trade destination. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And we do know that we're gonna. Oh, this hat's at hand. 
What? The, yeah. Reds, reds at hand. hand. Yeah, that's... The oil. Yeah. 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 That's, that's where all the oil in the world comes from. And you can see, like, there's a lot of ships down there. You can mm-hmm. see it's a very, very uh, active Gosh, trade they've port. Just, they've given us so much and, in this and, map. Well, I mean, old Charlene at the at far, far left. You can see in these cloud breaks, even... That there's more, yeah. There's more land underneath that. Being crafty there, Square Enix trying to hide stuff from us. So even in terms of of what we're going to be getting with authored, I, I mean, I, I'm having trouble reading some of this, mm-hmm. uh, just because the red text is really, really difficult to read. Um, you know, we can we can tell that you know we're definitely going to get Kagan. We're definitely going to get Doma. We're going to get um, the. The steps, the as in step, which I really like the design for that a lot. Is that the one with the fucking ramen bowl? Yeah, the ramen mm-hmm. bowl. Yeah, I like that. We have I the ramen. Thought, I thought that was very cool. Ramen bowl in the steps. The Jenga tower is the Red Sea. <laughs> yeah. The Ruby Sea. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is the worst. What? You not having fun? Why do I want? We're going to freaking Othard, and we're gonna fight in a ramen bowl or something. Like, no, that's a city. Is it like part like is it the city on top of it or is yes. it inside? No, it's inside of it. It was probably a plateau at one point and they carved all that out. Yeah. That just seems very color. Shut up. You're a fucking you're structurally an, unstable. You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm not the one who's carving out a mountain and living inside of it. Like a dwarf. Like a dwarf. I'm kind of curious to see who you know, you know I, like who lives there. I should be all more I live there. I should be more excited because I remember one of the things that I wasn't really super excited for in uh, Heaven's Ward is I was really apprehensive about the idea that, you know, it's just going to be a bunch of like snow covered places, which granted (laughs) it wasn't right. Right. But I mean, a lot of these zones that they're showing us are like a lot more colorful, colorful than what we saw, uh, you know, before Heaven's Ward came out. And I mean, Heaven's Ward ended up being really good. Yeah. Um, And and the the thing that drew me the most into Heaven's Ward was the characters and that that main story quest, you know, that that adventure that we had from launch till the end of 3.0. So I don't know, maybe maybe I'm worried over nothing. I think you are. I think you're just dumb. I do want to point out. I'm a dumbass. (laughs) Yes, that's clever. Better than being an Othtard. Um, I, I do want to I do want to point out uh, something that Juxta had pointed out is that over here with uh, Roshu on the uh, with the Roshu Island that uh, Kagan is a part of. Uh-huh. We actually see the four sky gods. Yeah. Oh, really? There's the turtle. There's the dragon. There's the tiger. And there's the bird. The bird. Hello, Biako. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. oh, OK. Guess not. Not 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 enough to not enough to get it. Try again, buddy. <laughs> Uh, it was the Cuban pan and call, calling it uh, next primal mount will be tigers uh, looking at the animals around Roshu. That'd be cool. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Or, or, or instead of just tigers, the, 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 the mounts are each of the, the four of them. And then the fifth one. Oh, we've, we've already Kieran. had Kieran. Oh, wah, wah, wah. Kieran Mark two. We upgrade <laughs> Kieran has wings now. Kieran V2. Um, yeah, we've got the Ruby Sea, which uh, I believe that's the, the the southern part over here, right? I mean, we've got the Ruby, the what is, yeah, the Ruby. Uh, I'm I'm gonna guess that that's gonna be like a like a straight or something. You know, I definitely think a lot of the things here on the map are gonna come into play because when you look at how animated this side of the map is compared to Eorzea, 
They put a lot of effort into it. And whenever we have any of these big reveals, you know, where we, whether it's a patch or a dungeon, like we go to the map for a lot of the questions that were that that were asking, right? And I think that they finally, I think maybe that Square Enix has kind of taken that hint and put a lot more thought and effort into designing this map because of that. I think that a lot of the stuff that we see on here in subtle ways, maybe not so subtle ways, are going to come into play throughout the throughout the expansion i mean down here at the bottom right next to the siren song sea we see the crown which is clearly a ship graveyard and we all know we're going to get a uh, mm -hmm. ghost ship mm -hmm. graveyard for uh i mean just look at how, how colorful Othard is compared to eorzea yeah it's such a like stark difference i i'm i'm kind of wondering if uh and i and i want to go and take a take a closer look at the map that we're going to be getting access to but i'm curious if this northern area this rocky area up here is going to be available or the the burn down here we see uh you know what looks like a sandworm like that's just that's straight up a sandworm right over there looks but like we a also, really big sandworm. we yeah it does but we also see some very very large craters so uh some possibly very cool uh you know confrontations that happen there or possibly um you you know, uh, one of those uh, fates, those large scale fates, um, because, I mean, you know, when you look when you look at the other side, the other half of the map, what are the big beasts that you see? You see dragons up top. You see dragons up top because it's dragon land. Yeah, right. And and what's interesting is that we also got we also kind of get a, a look north of Eorzea to Old Charleian as well, the Isle of Yorn. Um, and and the Isle, the Isle of Ham. <laughs> the Isle of Ham. <laughs> it's delicious there. <laughs> and uh, what's now oh, been described is up there. Yeah, as the Northern Empty. Now, here's another kind of cool thing that I noticed above Islabard is this these series of floating islands over here, which is that supposed to be Azizla? No, it can't, no, it can't way be. Way too far away. That no. looks like Sky, though. That that straight up hold looks on, like on. that almost looks like Sky. I mean, that, doesn't that look very very close design wise? I mean, it's a bunch. It's a bunch of floating islands, but I guarantee you, we haven't gotten there yet. It's definitely more than Azizla. Yeah, yeah, and then and then there's Bismarck just chilling out. Yeah, Bismarck just kind of hanging out here in the sea of clouds. But what is Look this? Look at that fucking Godzilla. Yeah, what's what's Godzilla doing over here? Ah, oh, you know, ah, this map is probably the one of the coolest things that they've ever released. Because when you keep when you keep in mind how long we've had this entire map of Eorzea, right? And all of Ishgard was just chilling up there, and it took us, uh, you know, the original release, A Realm Reborn, then we got Ishgard. Now they've added all of this shit. It's going to take expansions before we get to see or know what a bunch of this stuff really I'm, is. I'm really fascinated by Islabard now. I mean, uh, I, I maybe that was supposed to be the point, but, like, Islabard has definitely captured my You know what this also kind of does is, looking at all these different things, this could help... Uh, uh, Square Enix and Yoshi P decide where we're going next based on hype and you know how much people get talking about stuff but by far the coolest thing on this map is that Godzilla dude because he's not just flying around he's walking through the clouds yeah that definitely does seem like something like that's <laughs> what the fuck is that right yeah I like, don't know whatever man. he is he's got to be more powerful than like Midgar Sormer 
Like he's just just chilling, walking around. That is ridiculous. I'd also like I'd also like to point out some of the small added details that they've added to Aorzia now because they have updated a little bit. They have. They've added. Uh, they've added the uh, uh, what, what's the broken mountains name? I can't. Somal. Remember. Yeah, Somal. Um, that's that's now shown as a destination as well as our now rebuilt Idleshire. Nice. So, so that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I dig that. All those dragons weren't on there prior, were they? Yeah, yeah, they were. were. They, they oh, definitely okay. were. Yep, yep. I mean, not maybe not all of them. I know this big one was. Mm-hmm. No, that big sucker was. Um, but I mean, like the thing is, is that yeah, like you can you could dissect this all day for all kinds of Easter eggs and uh, speculation. And uh, if you've got some speculation that you'd like to share on the show, Limit Break Radio on Skype eight one zero five one five eight seven one five limitbreakradio.com slash Discord. We're gonna go over to our phone lines and talk to Han- Hanzo uh, Saguara uh, from Sergeant Tanis, first time uh, caller, longtime listener. What's up, Hanzo? Hey, um, I, I was excited about the announcement of the Samurai class, but a little disappointed that it's not a tank because I've always wanted to get into tanking, but none of the, uh, I guess you could say, themes of the other tanks appealed to me. Uh, what do you think? Do you think we needed another tank? Uh, is Yoshi P. right when he said that uh, this is more balanced? Um, man, because I, I, you know, I heard that uh, justification. I still don't know that I necessarily agree with it. I mm-hmm. I I think that if you're going to add two jobs, you have one of two choices. I think at that point it becomes a binary choice whether you add a DPS or not. I and think, if you add a DPS, you get, you probably should add two. Yeah, I think it should have been two DPS or tank and healer. Yes. Um yeah, I don't know. Tank and healer though, I think Yoshi P is right that 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 those two roles in a large sense end up affecting the game balance more drastically than sure. a DPS does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think in I think this was a move to save them from having additional balance concerns on top of reworking the battle system. That's fair probably. That's probably fair. It's just easier, I mm-hmm. guess, is what they were going for. But it's I, so lazy. Because, uh, you know, and that's that's a theme that I feel like has been trickling out in weird spots. Like during, I believe it was the live letter, there was a question that was asked uh, to which they responded. It was about the Hildebrand quests, right? Hmm. They thought, that, like, they're like, are we going to get more Hildebrand quests? And can we please have more trials again? That was much better. And they admitted, we think that we gave you guys too much in a realm region born what? and that 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 blows my mind from like any possible aspect or angle that shouldn't you want to give your your customers your 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 player base your fan base more than you think they deserve or more than they want or surely surely you don't want to dial it back because that is something they are going to notice and will hold against you should you not want to go above and beyond yeah, well, I mean, you. we did know that they felt like they had something to prove coming off of 1.0. Okay, but then you, you come off you and don't you, dial that you, back. You come off an L like that, and there's no way, like, when you come back, you've got to come back strong. I, I, I and, agree 100%. And, and, but the problem is keeping it there. And I think some of 
some of the blame does need to be laid at our feet for keeping our expectations at that level. We probably should have known better than to keep what? our expectations at oh, that no, level. No, no, no. I feel like as a company, if they came off a loss with such a big win, that then is proof of concept. Like, like they should be able to take that to the higher ups and be like, we need more resources. We need more hands. We have should. to keep this up. Should, should, should. But we all know that Square Enix doesn't necessarily operate that way. Well, then I think and that's we, one of the uh, as a company. I, I agree. That's why they have I, failing numbers. I, subscription. I, but I mean, we do know that they took de- development staff and applied it to 15. And good that did. Well, I, they needed to. I mean, it was clear that the work needed to come from somewhere and it and it had to be made up on some end. So I just but I do think that there, you know, you're not wrong when you call it lazy, but at the same time, I, I, I mean, I'm, I will call it lazy, but I will also at the same time say that us as players might have had our expectations set a little bit too high for heaven's word. There's almost no MMO expansion that is able to exactly double the size of the game or, or really end up feeling like... Um, you know, like like you're getting the same thing that you get on launch. Like nothing ever feels like that. There's no expansion that can do that. There's never been a WoW expansion that does that. A WoW expansion feels like a WoW expansion. It never feels like a whole new fucking WoW. It never. It's never as much as the first time because you've always got that that big leveling process that first level cap process you've got learning the system and these are all the things there that might there might be some truth to this but i don't think as much of the i don't want to say blame but as much of the responsibility of it as you as you think might be laid at the player's feet i'm i'm not i'm i'm not saying what the ratio is i'm just saying that that's a factor that needs to be in there our expectations have been high and they were set very high by square enix's very diligent work and the high quality of content that we got from out the, from the 2.0 series to 2.55 was an in very you know what? that was such an impressive run of content that it's almost it's it's almost setting them up for failure to expect the exact same feat again. I can definitely see where you're coming from, but I think what probably compounds the frustration for me as a player is through 3.0, noticing that they're they're making the same shortcomings all the time, and then so far what we've seen of what's going to possibly be coming with Stormblood, and I think that'll be the deciding factor, is if they keep making those same shortcomings through 4.0, or if they at least try to pick up their piece, not saying necessarily bring more content, right? But at least bring us sharper and cleaner content with what they do give us. I mean, yeah. And and I think that they made a lot of bold decisions in 2.0 that they didn't end up making in 3.0. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and excuse the hit in content that we did take between 2 and 3.0. I just don't think that that hit is going to feel as drastic between 3 and 4. And it may even feel like a tick up in quality for a while, too. But the thing is, is, you know, we're getting all of this geographic space with Authored. How is that geographic space going to be utilized? Maps almost mean nothing in this game because once you outlevel the map, there's no danger there. Once you get flying, there's no danger there. We do know that there's going to be flying. Yes. We and <sighs> so like, does anyone like still like flying? No. 
Honest no, question, because not not to mention because there's so many aetherites and you get put so close to your destination to begin with, like <sighs> yeah. But the caller's original question was, are we disappointed with Samurai not being a tank? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think I am. I think I would have liked to see an evasion-based tank just to see how that ends up operating. I'm definitely less interested in picking up and playing Samurai knowing that it's a DPS and not a tank. If it was a tank, I would have I would have definitely tried it out. I don't think it would have overtaken. It would have. I guarantee you it would not have overtaken Dark Knight. But... I could see if it's cool, if it's like if some of the gear is cool, if I like the animations um, and if it's fun to play, it may be my DPS main because right now my DPS main is Dragoon. So it's not I've never like seen it's you any, even play Dragoon. No, I don't. <laughs> Uh, but I, I'd consider leveling it. Mm-hmm. I'd consider leveling it. Well, I mean, well, should, before, should we talk some more like, about Samurai then? Like long before I would consider leveling Red Mage. That's but Red fair. Mage is the best. Shut up, you yeah. dumb fuck. Wow. Rude. You dumb ass. Stop Better. it. So, yeah, let's talk Samurai. By the way, thanks for the call, Hanzo. We appreciate it. If you want to call Limit Break Radio, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Yeah, so We'd love to hear from you. The first thing I'd like to say is thank you so much, Square Enix, for not tacking it on to Ninja Gear. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now what what I really like about this whole thing, right, is all right, so it's a DPS. That's awesome. I'm pretty sure that Nika said she hopes it's not a DPS because otherwise she's going to like mess up her static because she wants to main it. That's what I'm really happy. On top of that, she now has to compete with Senpai over gear. (gasps) That's right. Oh, isn't that so great? Okay, no, hold on. I'm pretty sure she's not going to change from Paladin. I don't don't think that, even if she wanted to, I don't think that her static would let her. Unless there's somebody else who's on a DPS that's willing to step into her role as tank. Mm -hmm. But even then, even if she does do that, yeah, she now has to compete with Senpai for gear. And I feel like because he's been a monk longer, he gets seniority over gear. Well, he's also a guy, so of course he's going to get gear mm-hmm. over someone with a vagina. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. I don't think she, I don't think she's going to be able to main it. I don't think she's... No. Uh, yeah, on top of the fact that she has to... Like, she's their tank, and even if she went samurai, now they have a gear discrepancy, and she would take longer to get gear. Nah, I don't think she gets to play Sam. And you know what? I bet Samurai's probably going to be like harder to play, and let's let's be honest. Remember how quickly she dropped Black Mage? Yeah. I mean, I just... I like how terrible I, she is at Ninja. She's not going to be able to play Samurai. Yeah, Come I love on. I love the notion that this is really going to end up like messing up her, oh raid, her, her raid static, and her raid static is really going to give her pressure to keep playing as a Hold tank. Hold on. I think Squeenix just did us a favor. Because it's because it's nice. like her version of FF11 all over again. She loved Samurai, but she <laughs> never got it. She was never allowed Guys, to play it. Square Enix was on a whole other level. We didn't want them to introduce Samurai so we could keep making fun of her, but they're like, no. What if we introduce Samurai, but she can never play it? That's way oh, funnier. Yoshi. What? Oh, Yoshi, you clever bastard. No, what if they go next level? Like, Nika finds a way to actually play Samurai, except the problem is... Samurai it's worse com- than machinists. It's complete garbage. They want them less oh. than monks and machinists. Oh, 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 oh. oh this is yeah. brilliant. Oh man, this Square is Enix. Brilliant. Square Enix, the power is in your hands now. You we you you've taken away the ability for us to troll her with not having samurai in the game, but you could take this to a whole nother level. 
please. You have to do this, Square Enix. Now, Square the, Enix, please. The, the only worry I have was Ninja was the first new DPS that they added, right? And it was overpowered at first. And then they came out with Machinist, and it was obviously super underpowered. So if the trend continues, it's also a Far Eastern job, so... We know how good Far Eastern jobs are, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. Mm, I well, know. I think there's got to be a balance, though, right? Like, you've got to balance balance the equation. If one of them's really good, then the other one has to be really bad. Yeah, but, but we have two DPS this time, so Red Mage has got to be really, really good because it looks awesome. <laughs> Samurai has got to be the balancing factor, which means it's going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can we talk about how the animations look? <sighs> can, we, can anyone else say letdown? You know, I, I have to say that, that Samurai back in 11, and you're, you're right, super cool. It had, like, the whole, like, Shogun-type, like, aesthetic going on, like, everything oh that they had. God. But it was I also, mean, like, it was also, like, it, there was no cult, there was no, like, city or culture to attach it to yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, Like, I, I almost kind of don't like the fact that there's an entirely Far Eastern aesthetic city that this is all originating around mm-hmm. because, like having to go to Bastuke and learn it from someone who it, it was a, it was a, uh, you know, martial trait that was passed down mm-hmm. through, you know, through families and generations and stuff like that. That was much more of a compelling narrative point than I think. Wait, like, was it not tied to Ad Ergen eventually? Don't think so. No. Where did it originate so. from? There was still there I'm was still doing? the far far east. Oh, that, which we never. We never I, really I look. I never. East. I never finished Adeline. If they did flesh that mm-hmm. out, I don't know about. Oh, okay. It. No. All right. Wasn't well, like Adeline. You're not just like salty because Dark Knight has nothing but some aura sitting in the middle of nowhere. I absolutely am. <laughs> I absolutely am. I, I'm sorry. Like, wait a minute. So Ninja and Samurai get an entire section of the map and to monk. call to 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 and fucking monk. have. You know the focus on them, but what is a a Dark Knight's just some dude that hangs out in a bar and look fucking at what you're Ishgard? doing? Look at what you're doing! Aww. You're being all emo and complaining. You're channeling. You're channeling Dark Knight. It's so meta. It's so stupid. It's so meta. That's so fucking dumb. This is exactly what they want you to do. This, this is your legacy. Get fucked. <laughs> He's so wow. salty. But I mean, like, you it want- really, dude, it sucks. I think, I think, like, Dark Knight, like, I don't, there's not much identity that comes along with Dark Knight. It's like this thing that happens, and then it's like, no one ever mentions Dark Knights as a force, but, like, you get tons of mentions of dragoons and monks as, like, these sort of, like, cultural symbols. And ninjas, eventually. May- maybe, we'll ninjas. maybe when we go up to Ilsebard and we face this fucking giant Godzilla thing, maybe we have to call on the Dark Knights to help us. And fuck off. I do want to figure out what that guts. <laughs> That's really fast. You know what? It's really fascinating. That's Hengar. Okay, so does anyone like how the fact that Samurai is walking out? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Hengar has become. He's gone. Okay, go ahead. Do you like the armor aesthetic? No, of, I don't. No, I think I think it's a step down. I mean, it looks I, like, I feel like they a tried wandering to... hobo in a in a bathrobe carrying a sword. That's what Samurai Samurais are. It's Auron. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I feel like he doesn't even have like alcohol to like bring him up though. I feel like this is aimed more at like the Ronin aesthetic, like like oh. dishonored samurais, yeah. right? Yeah. Than it is yeah. actual like samurais. Like like I'm telling you, FF11 when they had like you know the 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 more armored aesthetic, you know like the shogun armor and stuff like that. I thought that was freaking cool as heck. But they can't do that anymore because it shares the same armor with monk. 
So going forward, you're not going to get any more like armored type of stuff that's actually that actually looks like Samurai Shogun stuff because Monk has to be able to wear it too. The only way that they might be able to do it is if they introduce some type of new like AF Tome Gear sort of stuff, but they it's all it's always been shared since AF that was the only time it's all been separated and since then it's all been shared stuff. So yeah, I think from now on Samurais are basically just going to be monks with swords. Like aesthetic wise. I, I'm I'm really not feeling the the armor design that they have for the guy. And also his haircut makes him look like he is about to walk into hot topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Jux actually thought that it was Derplander at first, and I'm like, no, it can't be Derplander. He's just like, I, I thought, I'm like, mm-hmm. Derplander? No. 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 It's yes. definitely not Derplander. Mm-hmm. Now Let's try it. Let's see if we can't, you know, suss out how combat's going to work for it. Because the ways that they described it, chaining combos together, that hit me as monk. Okay. And then because they have these these three sword styles where they flower, moon, and snow. Sorry, but that says to me ninja. So it's like this weird mix of like ninja move type deals that sort of combos together like monk ones. And then they get combo points. <laughs> yeah. Uh. It's like they're trying to copy off Ninja. That's what I feel. It definitely feels like they're encroaching on Ninja here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't like the animations at all. It's like you're just It's so flashing. weeby. It's so weeby. Like I'm 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 waiting for the fucking cherry blossoms. You know what I mean? Like I'm waiting for that just like it's it they just seem so ugh. One of the things that I like most about Ninja... Because one of the forms is fucking flower form or some shit like that. Flower form. One of the things that I like about Ninja and... and, <laughs> and Gay! And Monk as well is that the aesthetic in the actual combat and moveset design isn't in the effects that happen after, like, you know, the explosions or the flowers or the sparkles, whatever. It's in the actual moves that they make, right? Like, ninjas do some really sweet stuff. Yeah. But when you have giant weapons like that, like, people tried to tell me, oh, dragoon moves look cool. Wait till you get this move. And it's all just the same. You just thrust and you get a different sparkly explosion piece of crap. Yeah, which is why clearly ninja is the most superior job because we can change things together and all of our shit yes, looks good. Yes, Juxta, that's a given though. We're, look, look, as much as I want to sit here and blow ninja, this is about shaming samurai, okay? I mean, you can hear it in the hype of the room when they finally announced Samurai. I think the biggest sentiment, what's really cool, is what I think outweighs the people being like, oh yeah, Sam is here, Sam hype, is the amount of people that are like, that was like the safe choice, like the safe bet. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That didn't surprise anyone. Right. Exactly. Okay, and by well, the way, hold on, but- hold on, hold on. Let's not take away how awful Samurai actually is. Did Red Mage surprise anybody? No. No, no not really. But how there was hype a lot of, was it? It was hype. It was pretty hype. Maximum hype. Samurai just sucks. No. Let's look, be honest. Hang on. First of, first of all, the Sam Raimi. Oh God! Connection is quite possibly still the, the stupidest. Di- thing. Even even though it's coming from Yoshi P himself, dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. It's, it's fucking so stupid. There's no way around that. Samurai Sam Raimi, go fuck yourself. That's dumb as dumb can be. So but now that we have that established, leave it to the fucking weeaboos to figure out that shit day one. Exactly. How I mean, just ugh. Makes me cringe it's that bad. 
And I love all the people who piped up on Twitter afterwards and was like, no, don't flash back. <laughs> was like, oh, ha, ha, look at you guys. You look how dumb you look like. Of course, it was going to be samurai. Like, that's that's the sort of the dumb. Tr- like, what do you expect us to do? Come out here and go, hey, we all think it's samurai. Good night. Have a nice night. You know what I mean? Like, that's not much of a fucking show. You guys get off on the speculating that we do. And then you want to try to rub it in our faces when the speculation, the wild speculation that we throw out there is wrong. You try to make fun of us for entertaining you. Yeah. Yeah. It still should have been mime. It's still it's, what? I don't know. I was <laughs> it should have been mime. You wanted to be mime. Yeah. Same. Why? 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 Why should it have been mime? Because mimes are cool. Because <laughs> we haven't seen a mime in an MMO ever before. Do you That's need a, true. Do you That's need a better reason than that? That's actually true. I, I, I want just, Yoshi P to work for my fucking $15 a month. God damn it. You pay more than $15, do not you? Why do you got to bring that up? <laughs> let's every, go ba- every time, man. Let's go back to our phone lines and talk to Decker Turlian. Or Tur- Tur- uh, Turlian. Turlian. Uh, Tur- Turlian. Turd lion. <laughs> Decker turd lion, turd of, si- lion. <laughs> of siren. What's going on, Decker? Uh, good evening. I don't exactly appreciate the new nickname, but... It's okay, turd lion. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's just a part of being on the show. You think I would have figured it out by now, but... Oh well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, some people, some people, it takes them a little bit longer. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you want to talk about, bud? I'm calling in, like, to touch on what the previous caller called in for. Like, the fact we got no tanks or healers. All I'm right. calling in to ask your opinions on what could actually be done to the current tank and healer meta, for example. Uh. Currently, like, the meta is just warrior, always warrior, no no change there. Mm-hmm. And then Dark Knight, and then once in the blue moon, Paladin? Like, yeah. They clear oh. a, 11, like, a 12 savage, for example, but no one takes them over the other ones. Yeah, you're right. Only when you pity Nika. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that there's not really, um, you know, like you don't you don't get role, you know, role specific fights like you do in other MMOs, where a specific tank is is desired over another one. Um, Decker's Decker's right. Uh, it's pretty much go warrior. Warrior, 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 warrior. Well, yeah. Or go. Why home. would you go anything else? I mean, no one else has a slashing debuff. Like that's how bad it is. It, it is. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I'm hoping that some of the system side adjustments that they're going to be doing, um, you know, because they said that they want to equalize the the playing field and make the gap between quote-unquote bad players and good players less they want to let they they want to they want to uh uh close that gap a little bit and that's my hope as well and that's why i'm i don't care if they have no tanks or healers it means they're working on the current tanks and healers more yeah, so which is the- what exactly. they said they want to yeah. work on perfecting yeah. the tanks and healers that they do have well i i think i think just perfecting the meta mm-hmm. perfecting the 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 distribution of expectations i mean like you know if you can expect that your tank that you're bringing along a a warrior can do x amount of damage if you've got to sub them out then there should be a mechanism or a way for another uh you know a dark knight to be able to um and there are them but it's just it's not optimal it's not you're right paladins are okay in some of the fights like they sometimes out like 
they're more effective to have than a Dark Knight just because the fight is more physical. Like, that's what you were saying a moment ago. Right. And and that's the thing is that, you know, I, I don't think that the fights are designed, you know, because in... And I, I think back specifically to FF11, you had certain mobs and certain NMs, uh, you know, fights where you literally it made no sense to bring physical DPS where you had to stack up on mages and magical damage. Don't feed TP. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, you don't have those types of tactics here, so you can't rely on that kind of meta to be able to drive the game, right? So, I think when you have a meta that's as streamlined as FF14 is, this becomes an intrinsic problem. How do you end up balancing the uniqueness in terms of feel of a job outside of animations, outside of aesthetics and still make it as viable as your other jobs that are in that category. I don't know what the answer to that is. That's, I mean, it's definitely a complicated question and I'm not really a game designer. Um, I wish I, you know, like I, I never really have been. So it's hard for me to really think on that level but as a player, I, I do feel like, you know, switching from Warrior to Dark Knight was not that drastic of a switch. And all I really saw was a DPS decrease. And the only thing that keeps me at Dark Knight is straight up my love for the idea of the job. I don't even know that I love the mechanics of the job that much. I just love the idea of the job. Even I love, though he doesn't feel like he has an identity as a Dark Knight. I, I don't. I don't think that, I, that Dark Knights as a job have a very good identity or a very fleshed out lore. Nor do they have any kind of impact on the world at large. You don't see any other player character or not, not, you don't see any other NPCs talk about them, reference them. Yeah, They're not a in force. 11 you had Zaid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you had something. You had at least something. Like, yeah, okay, Dark Knights are rare, but look at this badass motherfucker. Who? Zed. They should bring. Come on. They should bring Astinian back as an actual Dark Knight after all that happens. Boo. Mm. Yeah. Boo. Dude, he was a total Dark Knight badass. I'm so emo. Badass, maybe not, but Dark Knight. Badass, yes, but more badass than a Dark Knight. Emo, I'll give you. Uh, Decker, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it, uh, and uh, we 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 love hearing from all of these first time callers. This is great. Uh, if you want to call Limit Break Radio, Limit Break Radio on Skype eight one zero five one five eight seven one five limitbreakradio.com slash discord. Super, Thank you, Turdline. I'm actually super surprised <laughs> that no one has actually called in to try and like defend us against Nika. It just goes to show you that not only are all of her white knights like super lame for trying to white knight her, yeah. but they're hypocrites. Because when they actually have reason and ammunition to call in and really defend her, because she's they not still don't yeah, because, do it. well because it's you know why? It's because she's not here. She's not here to hear it because if, if it doesn't benefit them. Right. Gotcha. Right. Okay, but she'll hear it on the podcast like <laughs> Nika doesn't listen to this podcast. Oh you know that. Come forth, coward. But that's the thing though. Like like they, I think the logic there is, oh, Nika won't even hear me defend her, so then I'll definitely never get my dick sucked. And that, first of all, let's be clear, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. So, White well, Knights, you can just pack that up and and take that in. Never say just, never. That's never going to happen. I mean, okay, maybe if we threw a Scalia at him, but... Dressed up as Nika. <laughs> it's, they'll it's, never know it's the difference. It's totally Nika, guys. <laughs> 
Ignore the large gaping hole in his tongue. <laughs> I think the extra pleasure. It'd be, I think it'd be funny to have Nika literally throwing him <laughs> dressed as her at someone. <laughs> that should be a postcard. That should honestly, that needs to be. A, I just, I just came up with a we, postcard. We will, we, we will have an edition three. of the postcards where like it, it's two of the hosts interacting in some way. Yeah. But, but the thing is, is like, look, man. It, She's not going to fall in love with you because you come to her defense over samurai. Oh, they don't want love. They just want a dick sucking. Well, that's not. I don't know that that's necessarily. Evil, there's some. There's e- some weird, deluded people in our audience. Evil hippie saying, "I would let Ascalia suck my dick." That's weird, evil hippie. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. You get like tongue age or something. Tongue age. <laughs> Spe- yeah, especially given current circumstances. Anyway, uh, AIDS. Yeah, AIDS. AIDS. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, so uh, we also sloppy. God damn it! It's been like a half an hour. I don't give a shit. I never want to hear that drop again. I I I will literally like t- dig your eyes out with grapefruit spoons. I'm gonna start renaming that drop and seeing if we can find it each episode. I think that's a great idea. Grapefruit spoons. Grapefruit spoons. They're the ones that have the little serrated edge. Okay, well that's, make that's it easier fine. on me. Yeah, I was gonna say that's fine then. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were just like I thought like I thought for some reason like grapefruit spoon might be like duller than normal. How do you get duller than a normal spoon? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do you make it like thicker? Do you, you name it what? Thor Carson? Oh, sorry, Thor. You were the first. You were the first name that I saw in the chat room. I'm sorry. Oh, that was so mean. No, that was so mean, but it was so funny. Oh, that was so good. I couldn't help myself. That was great. Uh, anyway, let's go back to our phone lines and talk to uh, Rav Mal of Cactar. What's going on, Rav? Another first time caller. What's up, Rav? Hey guys. Uh, not too much really hyped about samurai uh especially since i'm main monk it's su- super awesome that they are uh you know sharing the gear there yeah so make- you'll you'll get to take all of your gear that you've been wearing see i had the same thing going into heaven's word and this is why you know i was so i was so stoked on dark knight being a tank and and that i had already been there with warrior mm-hmm. is that i i hit the ground running as soon as you got to six i have a question for you rav or ra- um, rather 50 I, so so they they said that one of the draws to to samurais was going to be that each weapon is going to have its own individual uh, scabbard scabbard sheath for it to put into which that's means kind of cool it is kind of cool that's kind of that cool means that they can't do much I, with can't, the, I can't hit on that no no so my question is this they can't really do much with the blade then because it always has to be able to fit in there right that means that mm-hmm. all the cool like awesome you know weapons that we get for you guys, uh, it's gonna be on the fucking scabbard. It's always gonna be the scabbard that has like the cool ornate designs, not necessarily the blade itself. How do you feel about that? Right, I I, I heard that as well, and um, I, I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess I get it. But I took a second look at, um, actually, I think it was a picture that was posted of Yoshi P cosplaying, mm-hmm. and um, it, if you looked at the blade, it looks like it does have a slight design to it. So I think there that, might be little designs right, on it, but right. and I guarantee you that you know when you do things like uh, animal weapons, that it'll have a glow to it as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, the glow the scabbard, though. Yeah, that, wouldn't that be funny if, it, if the <laughs> glow was only applied to the scabbard? <laughs> it stays on your belt. Uh, Stupid idiot. That'd be funny. <laughs> You're so dumb. That would be so funny. <laughs> um, I, so yeah, no, I, I I do think that that's uh, that's pretty interesting. So uh, yeah, you're, a lot of your gear from Monk will be uh, ready to go for Samurai right out of the gate. Uh, what else are you excited for? 
Uh, actually, the one thing I wanted to mention is um, you'd, uh, you'd mentioned the city underwater earlier, and uh, that got me thinking, especially because of the New Beast tribe. Uh, I think it's their city, um, because I think there's a lore in Japanese about uh, Orohime, and unfortunately, I'm, I'm not familiar with it. I read about it a while back, but I think she's like has some tie-in with turtles or something, or something like that, and like she's supposed to have this underwater palace that she drags some now, guy down to. Can I can I tell you why I hope it's not that? Because I think that that's a really weird thing to give such a focus on in the trailer. Well, it depends because up till now, all beast tribes. Is Escalas Mako still single? I need a wife and game. Lola 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 Lola. Alright, you know what? We're gonna hook you up, Seva. We're gonna get you married to Escalia. <laughs> okay, but no, going back. So far, every beast Poor tribe Seva. every beast tribe we've ever encountered has been like a little like side sort of ancillary type deal, right? So the only way that I could see that being the beast tribe place underwater is if they plan on that beast tribe playing a bigger role in the story at large you think it's the only that's the only way it could possibly be that because you're right when have we ever seen another beast tribe focused on in anything i mean even the moogles which played a large role in the main story quest have still never really been featured in any kind of yeah but at the same time the beast tribe quests haven't been as removed as they are so i i thought that really the only justifiable way to do that like have that scene in there and it also be attached to only the beast tribe quest is if they're finding a reason to take your perspective from a camera point of view focal point uh point of view under the water mm -hmm. like they needed a reason to do that and if that's really the only reason we're going to be underwater ever then maybe that's an excuse to do that but but I think it would be interesting if you had an end game area or or a battle area that was focused underwater, much like, you know, you had in in kind of a very loosely connected way. You had Diadem sort of representing uh, uh, sky in a way. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a lot of people had been like, well, we're going to have a sea and Stormblood. And I was like, man, you're fucking stupid. And and I mean, now look how dumb I look. Uh, but if they did end up wanting, if they wanted to have that nice little nod, that wink and a nod to FF11's uh, development and FF FF11's content um, uh, push, then you know, having a having an endgame area or uh, an event that happens underneath the sea, I think, is pretty compelling. Especially if they change it up so drastically, like they clearly have. I mean, that just looked like a straight up city out of. Uh, uh, yeah, with, with whatever the, with, the, hell with the that thing is. taking context from other types of MMOs, what that struck me as was a destination, like like, like an end game sort of destination. Um, I don't possibly know where it could lead us to based on the information we have thus far. But I mean, if you were to harken back to like Final Fantasy eleven, that's the type of city that would lead you to C or something like that, right? right? So. Right. I don't know, and, and, and unless they have the Beastmen playing a much bigger, more pivotal role in the main storyline quest, I'm not sure that And it's also got a bubble. Is. Like, it's got a bubble, which means that I think that, you know, you don't... There's no reason to have your characters not... Uh, like, like you can have your character swimming and interact with a Beast Tribe member, right? Like, interact with an NPC 
right? Like that seems pretty easy. But if you want to have battle underwater, they said that they're not going to do underwater combat. Mm -hmm. What better way is that than to have a bubble around the thing that, you know, you're going into. So that way you're actually walking on dry land. So if that if the if the thing that we see is the entrance and we're going down into it, that to me seems very closely thematically aligned with Palace of the Dead. So that was that was the reason that I immediately thought I did. I do like the idea of that being the new Palace of the Dead. But for the same reason that a beast tribe, I don't think would be uh, featured in the trailer. I wouldn't think that the Palace of the Dead would be featured in the trailer. You don't because Palace of the Dead was very well received. It was a feature that was very well received. And And if they I could actually see them taking an event like that and giving it a little. You know, just a little moment on the trailer, yeah. If it has any sort of connection narratively, sure, but just like if it's completely removed from everything else, like the current Palace of the Dead is, I don't see like the reason said, to put but, it in there. But like I said, the reason that it, it was put in there, I think, was just to give us a give the camera a reason to go underwater and remind the viewer again, hey, Maybe. we're gonna we're gonna have swimming, we're gonna have these underwater areas. If it was, I would like the the whole area that whole city to somehow be involved with the whole palace of the dead idea because the idea is that you're going down 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 all these floors so right. it wouldn't need a city above it unless but it's it, not a city though it's one structure it's one it's it seems like the entrance point to something and it's that and it seems very actually, small like if it was a beast tribe area that's like four beast tribe members that could live underneath well, that have you seen how small some of these beast tribe camps are <laughs> okay yeah so mm-hmm. yeah you're, you're not wrong it could be that I, I'd, like, I, I'd like to I, see I, more effort put into the staging area for for the palace of the dead too. Rav, like, like if you actually went down there to yeah. it before you entering that'd be cool Rav what would you prefer it to be would you rather it be uh, a look like a peek at the beast tribe uh, a wink and a nod at the beast tribe or would you rather it be something a little bit more substantial like a, a new palace of the dead uh, actually, when you brought that up earlier, I thought that was a fantastic theory, and that I, I would love that. But now thinking about it as well and seeing its positioning, uh, the other thought I, ha- I have is what if it's like Somal, where it's this intermediary to the new area from uh, Kugane to Doma? It Underwater? Could, you know, we don't know what type of... Um what type of governmental society they have if it's following you know japan type stuff feudal japan i would assume they have like an emperor and empress or something uh if they have some type of equivalent to like a holy city or like a holy temple or you know something like that maybe that's what that is and the fact that they have the four sky gods flying around too they could maybe somehow play into that as well that it's some type of like last bastion of hope or sanctuary what if that was what if that was specifically uh, you know, like a shrine for something like Genbu. You go there, and it's got something to do with Genbu, and and something happens there. A trial or but, something. But you maybe? have you have four of these individual shrines that you have to go to in various locations. One of them is under the water. One of them is up in the sky. One of them is deep in, deep in a cave. Mm-hmm. Another one. You know what I mean? Like yeah, one's that, in mud. that might even be kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting mm. ideas. Mm. Rav, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. If you want to call Limit Break Radio, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, limitbreakradio.com slash Discord. We'll talk to you about Samurai. We'll talk to you about Authored. We'll talk to you about Alamigo, where you think the story's going, what the narrative arc is. Uh, we've got uh, just about another hour here before uh, we wrap up the show. I don't know. I got to say, we're, we're going very slowly through all of this. 
I'm not 100% sure that we're going to be able to get through all of the Q&A for the press conference and all of the Q&A that happened before the live letter. Um, we we will cover the hard information that they talked about in the live letter talking about patch uh, 3.55 A and B. We definitely will t- talk about that before wrapping up today. But if we keep getting calls the way that we are, and I, I keep wanting, I, I do want to encourage your calls that uh, we'll end up saving some of these Q and A discussions for episode 101. Um, so obviously we'll have Nika on that show. She'll be able to react to uh, a lot of this. Um, it's weird that after, after like your dream job gets announced like that, it's, it's like a rule that the next episode that LBR host can't appear because (laughs) when, when red mage dropped, you're the episode just preceding that announcement. Uh, oh yeah, JP FanFest. I was Yeah, you were not here. You could not you could not attend. And now that we got oh. Samurai Hard confirm, uh <laughs> Nika cannot cannot attend this episode. So um I, I just I find that uh, to be an interesting trend that we've set. I don't know why we do this. Um because fuck you. Why do we do this to ourselves? To build the anticipation and suspense, you oh, idiot. Right. I forgot about that. Let's go back to our phone lines and talk to Belle Bordeaux of Leviathan, another first-time caller and first-time viewer of the channel. What's up, Belle? Thanks for calling Limit Break Radio. Hey, not much. Just farming lore and wondering what you think the viability of Samurai being a slash class would be versus Monk. Not only are they arguing over their gear, but their spots in raids where slashing classes just synergize better with ninja warrior dark knight it just yeah yeah no i think that that's um that that's a, a good question uh how is this gonna end up affecting raid composition because are you gonna end up having the same benefit of having a monk and a you know a monk monk and a samurai versus having you know a pair of dps that kind of complement each other's skills better a samurai and a ninja and a uh whatever those things are called warrior but i I mean like what about dragoon for litany there definitely does seem to be some skill overlap and i think that this is a good question because we have another job that is ostensibly a slashing skill job Mm -hmm. so how do we see this end up shaking out in terms of raid structure I don't know. I quit waiting a while ago. I quit waiting. <laughs> I quit waiting. It was too hard. To be fair, I don't know that any of us really ever read. Oh, you know what? I'm going to bring this up now just as, as a look forward to it. All right. Because Ascalia was really, really upset that Nika wasn't going to be here. And then obviously he had to go home because he's in pain and stuff like that. Good. He passed her in progression. Shut up. What? He downed 11 A or er, A. Er, a11? Alexander S11, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. Nika, Nika is, is no longer a casual endgame correspondent. <laughs> so that means we don't have to have her what back, right? What are we keeping right? her around for? I don't know. Tits? Mm, that's pretty good. I really hope that it upsets him that I broke that news too. 
no, I think he's got other things to worry yeah. about. So, all right. So, they all right. You guys, that women are equal to men. You guys, <laughs> I'm serious. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like, at least in comparison to a lot of the other game, the, the, a lot of the other MMOs I've played, I don't feel like individual job synergy is as important in the Final Fantasy 14 raid environment as other ones. I feel like it's basically which classes individually can do the most damage. I, I well, and and you do have a quite a bit of a skill gap there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, p- the player makes the difference as opposed to, uh, you know, make, the the gear making the difference. And I know that that's been a, a point of contention of ours for a long time. Where that, you know, I, I think that having having better gear or better gear options can compensate for that a little bit. And I understand that having player skill defining that solely is. Yeah, probably not the worst idea um, and and certainly creates a very, um, you know, uh, skill driven oh, uh, economy, I guess you could call uh, here it. Here I'm in the chat. No, I'm not saying that that's not completely like you're right. I think that's the, but, but that's like the best and only example is warriors and ninjas. You know, I remember uh, an earlier show, you know, we were talking to Nika about how to squeeze out like an extra few percentage in her raids. And we talked about the idea of like synergizing uh, certain moves, you know, like saving big cooldowns for when the ninja uses trick, uh, trick attack. So that, that way you're getting even more out of them because in games like World of Warcraft, it's all about what it is. Like you communicate with everyone to line up every tiny single little thing to get as much out of it as you can. But there doesn't seem to be that. Exactly. Yeah, that in Final Fantasy now. 14, it's basically you do as much DPS as you yourself can do, period. I think, I mean, part of that might have to do with the rotation. I think that there are some very skilled groups who do kind of communicate on that level. Probably. I have heard communication on that level, but certainly it's not a requirement to mm-hmm. be able to get anything done, nor was it necessarily for WoW either. But um, I, I I just think, I think the meta is slightly different between WoW and between FF14, where you get better returns for having a better, uh, a, a higher overall DPS than you do synergize and lining up skills and going for big cluster numbers like you you did on on wow you still had points where you know people were paying attention to the spike damage those big accumulation of numbers and i don't think that you have that you don't have a skill that's as noticeable a debuff on the boss to be able to take chunks of health away like Mm -hmm. that it's it seems to be a much more sustained thing and the um you know the dps increase is a lot less tangible right like you're not seeing it necessarily in individual strikes like some of your you know some of your end combos might be a, might end up peaking out but you don't necessarily even notice that if you don't have the scrolling numbers on the screen you're almost guaranteed not to notice that because the number that you're paying attention to if you've got any kind of parser up or if you've got any kind of, uh, you know, measurement tool up that's telling you what the DPS numbers are, the only number that matters is the NDPS number, your NDPS number, because that's the that's the number that you're judged on mm-hmm. and qualified by groups in most often. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. And I kind of I, I just. This seems like the most appropriate place to put this. Another question asked of Yoshi P directly about getting some kind of parser tool or some kind of tool to measure your DPS more than beating up on a goddamn stone dummy. 
And again, another fundamentally unsatisfying response from Square Enix, which was essentially no. Yeah. What if you just, I think the question was like, can we have a tool that tells us personally what, what our we're DPS doing? Is. No, because then people would require you to tell them what you're doing and it would just be another mean for drama. So and just then, lie. And then, this- and then Koji Fox saying, well, oh, don't worry. We're, what we have in the works is is maybe something to do a thing where it kind of gives you an idea of maybe like, like it was so convoluted. Like they might as well have just assigned colors based on your DPS. Right. <laughs> and, and, and and like look kind of like how we have colors for our threat which is not, not necessarily, necessarily the thing. worst thing yeah. like right like that was not necessarily the worst system that they had ever introduced but here's the thing though is that you know square enix is not on the hook for making sure that every aspect of their game is perfectly balanced and perfectly you know not frustrated mm-hmm. like there's got to be there's got to be a point where square uh, where squ- someone says, yeah, fuck it, that's the way it is." You know what I mean? Because like, drama exists in your game regardless of if you give us yes. tools to perpetuate drama. So if the drama is already there, you might as well give us some cool tools that are also going to help us. And then guess what? We can just ignore the drama. The drama's not just there, but the tools are already there. The tools are already there. And basically what they're saying is, well, we want to keep having these tools be, you know, technically against the rules so that we can selectively enforce when we don't like the application. Like if we think that parsing numbers are being used in a harassing way, we can just remove this player for using a parser, not for being a dick or not for violating, you know, not for violating conduct rules but for violating the tos yeah hard, cold hard fast rule there's no interpretation used a parser you're out and it yeah it, and it's a technicality that you can get any of those people on and i think that that's sort of you know square enix is trying to have their cake and eat it too by saying well we don't want to introduce this tool that could c- potentially lead to harassment or potentially lead to uh, to um you know to to Dis, disha- yeah, disharmony in the in the community. Okay, so but at the same time, holding it back from people doesn't solve the problem either. Is there even really a problem at this point? Because everybody who wants a parser has access yeah. to it's a parser, true. except for PlayStation Four players. They don't count as people. <laughs> okay, that's so. Fair. At this point, we're basically saying, demanding that Square Enix put forth development time and resources into having something that we already have just just for the fact of making it, quote, official. Yeah. Why? Exactly. Why? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. We already have parsers. Yeah. And then and then they're like, oh, well, if you if you introduce that, then people can, you know, pick that code apart and find ways to make it more. And and like, dude, we already have it. We already have parts. Are you saying that you don't want to introduce parsers so that we make more complex parsers? We already have the more complex parsers. We don't. ACT is a fucking thing. It's not going to, like, you can't put the genie back you know in the what, bottle. Though, if, if they were to come out with an official parser, what I think that would do is it would encourage some people who don't go to the extra length to get parsers to start trying to be better because now that number's put there in front of them. 
I guarantee you there are some people that who otherwise never would have touched a parser before. Once that number is there, once that number is available for them, like obviously you can turn it off. So there might be some people who just turn it off, but there would be people that now that they can see that number, now that it's there, now that it's them, there, they don't have to they, go look, look for they it. They want yeah. it to be higher. Yeah, because that's definitely me. Yeah, because I'm not gonna go and download it because I don't really care. Mm-hmm. But if it's right there, then yeah, yeah, I'm gonna brag about it. Well, not even just brag about it, but you're no, gonna I want will, it. Though. Okay, but you're gonna want it. My dick is better than yours. You're gonna want it to be higher. Yeah, longer, totally yeah. longer. Okay. No, I my think, dick. I think that that's completely fair. Yeah. I think that's totally fair you set that information in front of people they're going to want to maximize that number that's just a kind Human of natural nature natural a, response to, well gamer a gamer's gamer nature. nature yeah <sighs> i don't know man <laughs> i just don't know bell thanks for the call we appreciate it uh we've got a couple of more people in line but if you'd like to give us a call limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limit break radio.com slash discord yeah lots, lots of, of new, new people callers, lots of new people i, I did want- notice we got a host early on from from theology something hmm for like for a bunch of people nice so Interesting. Those, these could all be new people uh by the way i uh want to send a shout out to almost the 400 people watching us right now thank you guys uh, live here at twitch.tv slash limit break radio hit the follow button if you're having a good time we're here every weekend at 4 p.m twitch.tv slash limit break radio and limit break radio.com and hit that follow button if you're not having a good time <laughs> We got that Venn diagram, two circles. They're just, they're just one circle, overlapping everything. There you go. Just hit that follow button, period. Uh, let's go back to our phone lines and talk to Trinixia of Ultros. What's going on, Trinixia? Hey, thanks for having me. Can you guys hear me well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. Awesome. Anyways, I want, wanted to talk about a couple small things. First off is the during the keynote, the USP revealed the artwork for the japanese cover arts it's good art i definitely like that artwork there's definitely a couple of faces in there that i don't ring any bells mm-hmm. at all are we talking about the one where yugiri is like right there in the center of yeah, it right down the center no, yeah. it's such a good picture well, yeah, it is. did say that uh it features many of the key characters that are going to be in the expansion does that mean since Ida's not in there that she's the girl in red? <laughs> mm, oh, I think you might be on to something. Well, but Jux wait, Dama says that the lady in red's name is going to be Ursula. But wait, was Pop Limo in there? Pop, I didn't see him. Poppy's dead, Why, bro. Uh, Poppy's dead. Poppy, admit it. Admit it. Poppy's dead. Poppy's gone. Not dead. Poppy's dead. <laughs> Poppy, as we know him. Is dead. He's part. Bear. He's part of. Uh, he's part of Omega now. Ralgar. Yeah. And, <gasps> yeah. And another small thing was going off about us going over towards Doma area. It's probably because uh, Yugiri said that she was going to gather her allies, and maybe that's why we're going over there. And maybe in the future, kind of uh, going to Garlemald from both ends. We 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 thinking. we need more. Of a reason to go than just helping you, Geary. Like, what? like on, no, we, no. You want a piece of that R and ass? Come no, on. No, it doesn't matter because she's getting together with Emmerich now. Like the Emmerich you Geary shipping is happening. No. And I just I just see Emmerich oh coming my up. God. I see Emmerich coming up to us and being like, I need you to do me a favor. You help me with my homeland. I need you to go help my girl now. <laughs> like, could you do me a solid? 
Like, Look, I don't, it, I, dude. I don't think I'm homies like that with Amrick. I don't think I'm that close with him. No, no. You had Definitely like a drink not. with him. That's fine. He That's tried to. Get, he tried to get into your pants. Yeah, he did. That's fine. I, but still, though, he's date for you. I don't. Yeah, I feed you. Nihilist says to. if you Geary tells me to jump, I jump. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, I. I don't know, man. Uh, I don't. I, I, the 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 art is definitely interesting, and the fact that Ida is not featured very prominently, the woman in red definitely is up there at the top uh, top right, no top left. Um, top left. I hope that Ida gets self destructive enough to sacrifice herself on top of Poppymo's death. Oh, that'd be awesome. Now, Juxtadamus, Juxtadamus, why do you think that her name is going to be Ursula? Because Ursula was a monk in the Final Fantasy XIV after years, and she wore a red dress, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry, I wasn't listening. What'd you say? That uh, I heard after years, and I just tuned yeah. out. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The re- I, th- as soon as I hit after years, the rest of it was a dial tone. <laughs> yeah, it was just gone. Right, sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try extra hard to pay attention to what you're saying. Yeah. Please repeat yourself. Try again. Uh... There is a character named Ursula who wears a red dress and is also a monk in Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, T-A-Y. Final Fantasy XIV T-A-Y. 14? You mean four? You mean four? Oh, yeah, four. Final Fantasy Oh, my God. So now you're trying to draw a parallel between 14 and four? I really wish I wouldn't have tried extra hard. You're terrible. Hey, hey. My prediction about Cryo came through. You know, that's like the one prediction. None of your Stormblood predictions have came true so far. What do you Juxta mean? Damas has lost his ability. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that you're in the samurai camp, were you? Yeah, and I'm not crediting you with like being right about Red Mage, because of course Red Mage. Yeah. Red Mage was so obvious. Yeah. So obvious. Just like obvious like samurai. Yes, well, Sarah yeah. was obvious. I see. I was waiting. I was sort of waiting for that that deke out that they that we got with uh, Astrologian. I was waiting for that. Mm-hmm. L- like that's when I when I saw the samurai or the um, the uh, Spider Man T shirt. That's why I went. Like my head went to so many random fucking places because I was like, oh shit, man, this could be a million different things. Mm-hmm. Because I thought we were going to get that that sharp left turn like we did with Astrologian, but we got none of that this time. No surprises. Yeah, no. This was this was if if they played it safe with the jobs this time. We should have got Purple Mage. They really did. But if you think about it, dude, they really did because these are literally the most two requested classes ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've even seen we've at, at anyone who went to the 2014 and then this past uh, fan fest, there were literally. Uh, surveys passed around with what jobs do you want to see in FF14? Oh my god. I guarantee you that this was a line item that that, that the requests for Red Mage and Samurai were so drastically high. Mm-hmm. I don't see anyone wanting Samurai though. But fuck you! Yeah. It, it, What's it ran, cool though? That, uh, Dark Knight, I think Dark Knight was the most requested job, mm-hmm. but Samurai was so very close behind. What's cool now going forward, that kind of like uses up all of like the really like sort of shoot in jobs you know from here on out it's going to be stuff like blue mage or beast master or fucking mime or stuff yeah. that's out of the box so that's really cool to look forward to Chemist. but something that this that the chat just sort of like what we just realized you realize that final fantasy 14 a realm reborn is the after years that's what we are the game we're playing is final fantasy 14 the after years oh so i'm right again that's kind of funny 
That is a little terrible. funny. It's a little, yeah. God, why am I so right all the time? Trinixia, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. If you want to call the show, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, limitbreakradio.com slash Discord. We've got about a half an hour left here in the show. So yeah, if you, you know, wanna if you wanna sound off like we're we're totally off script. We've completely abandoned the outline that we had. <laughs> we're just taking callers. We're we're literally at this point we're taking callers and just talking about the shit that we watched. So I mean, you know, have a collective session with us have a collective you know brainstorming session session with us uh Section. and uh and and come hang out uh so, limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com slash discord we'll take as many of uh of the callers that we can all the way up until seven o'clock Anir, wrap your brain around this all right so when they came out with heaven's ward they were going to have a tank, and they're like, it's going to be dark or it's going to be Sam. Now, they didn't have a Dark Knight tank and a Samurai tank. They had a tank that was going to be labeled as one or the other. Dark one out. I would probably guess because they knew that they were going to use Doma in the expansion afterwards, and Samurai makes better sense there. But, but. Had they came out with a samurai tank, you're right though. That that, that would have been such shitty payoff. That would have been such shitty payoff to no. get the two jobs from it and then to go there for an like wait an right. entire expansion to not, go there. Not just that, but had they came out with a samurai tank, <laughs> Dark Knight would be a DPS right now. That's true. That's true. Not only that, but I mean, if you think about it, also like they Square Enix really didn't have any choice but to go where they did in heaven's word uh, you know we only had a small section of the continent of eorzea that was explorable to us it would have made no sense to push us across the sea and so we had to finish fleshing out the rest of the eorzean and mm-hmm. and quite frankly we i mean we had to go to ishgard we had to yeah we had yeah. been seeing it since 1.0 and it had been uh, uh, you know blocked off to us if we were now just going to ishgard that would be thematically so fucking complicated it would be so dumb it would have been really bad to have you know el amigo and and authored in well, 3.0 plus, i mean, they, could, I mean? They, they could have easily put samurai in instead of dark knight and had it been a refugee that taught it to us like they did like, <laughs> like they did with ninja but then trying to put dark knight somewhere into Authard would have been weird uh, thematically yeah. oh yeah mm-hmm. very weird very weird uh all right again thank you trinixia for uh for the call uh we're gonna go back to our phone lines and talk to orange squall of uh, mateus Thanks for calling, Oren. What's up? Hey, how's it going, guys? Great. Um, with the uh, information that we got this weekend with Samurai being sharing this uh, strength stat with Monk, that now makes every class, ha- every um, stat have three classes, and obviously Red Mage probably will be a intelligence one. Yep, that's what they said, but- I believe. Yeah, well, they said it was going to be caster hybrid with um, up close. But do you think it's going to be intelligence with the same uh, gear set as Black Maiden Summoner, or it's a completely different uh, gear set? They did say that its main stat would be intelligence, didn't they, Juxta? Actually, they didn't confirm that. I think they did sh- say that they're going to share gear with Black Mage and Summoner, though. See, but that, now, now that you now you have three different classes sharing gear, and there's no way to have the secondary stat distribution be beneficial to all of them. I mean, like, I think you're really going to start to see st- 
debt distribution among different eye level gear. You know, like how certain eye levels will have for tanks, for example, some will have more crits. Some will have, for some reason, parrying on it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Parry. Like, like you're gonna you're gonna get these stat allocations that are going to be drastically beneficial for different aspects of int users. And I think that that's going to really muddy the waters. I think it's going to become really complicated. I mean, do you guys see them doubling the output of gear for that uh, or, you know, increasing it by a third for that section of the uh, the player base like for that for that role? No, no. It already just seems so freaking random as is. But that's what I'm saying, though. Like, like you're going to get weird stat allocation like you're set. At 240, say, just I'm just I'm just right, picking right. an eye level just at random. Your set at 240 might be more beneficial for black mages, but then your set at 260 is more beneficial for red mages. Well, hold on, that's problematic. How, 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 many, how, how it happens right now? Though. Yeah, yeah. How many outputs does, do we have for gear? It because does. Hang on, but it only happens on a binary level. There's only two jobs that it could ever be applied to. This adds a third one into that overlap. No, it's. I mean, at the moment, the only two stats you have, ever actually want is a determination and crit. regardless of class. Yeah, yeah. I think the, o- the only way they'd be you'd be running into this uh, uh, trouble here is if all three of these jobs required very different stat allocations. I mean, but don't you think that? You know, uh, uh, accuracy is going to play, a, a, you know, different in the in the math. I mean, really, if it if it doesn't, you're really just talking about aesthetic changes that you're making to the God, job. I would not you're be not, surprised yeah. with all the healer accuracy crap yeah. if they just took accuracy out of the game in the battle system re- revamp. Yeah, I mean, but then uh, like what you think we're going to have less secondary stats on gear then? I mean, at that point, it really comes down to speed determination and crit so having different numbers of each one of those that's really the only thing that is different between gear sets i mean that's what we have now we have no end of scholars bitching that they have no crit on their body for three expansions and then the very last patch they have crit on the body and they're joining in the streets so well but but exactly like how how do we not end up having that problem all over again by having more I mean, gear output. Because, right? Because, like, adding another job that's in the mix among that gear means that that problem is going to be worse, especially if, if like Kahlo had said, that the jobs end up using different stats for each one of them. So how do we if fix right, that? Or relying on... That's a... Dude, more that's a million-dollar question okay, right there. More gear output. I mean, right now, what do we have? We have Tome gear um, and... The, the the raid gear is obviously superior to tome gear. Okay, but not a lot of people do that. So the easy raid, easy mode, or the the off raid, like Ivalice in this case, um, do those, those usually all kind of end up lining up within an item level or five, don't they? I think that's what it comes down to is you need more of a gear output. And with something like Eureka, if it fits in better than what... Um, Skynimus did whatever it was called that that place. Diadem. Diadem, yes. If it fits in better than Diadem, that could serve as a way to alleviate that. You know, if it, if it has the random gear type drops. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. If you don't right. have something that fits to you yeah. perfectly, you better spend some time in Eureka trying to find something that does work. Okay. For you. All right. I could see that. I could see that. Um, I, I just, I, I think that that's, uh, you know, that's that's a weird way to try to solve or. 
you know, develop around that problem. I, I, I mean, there are a couple of variables at play here. Mm-hmm. The battle system revamp is a big one. Because we have no idea what they're going to do, uh, you know, with secondary stats on that. They've all they've already said that a couple of their secondary stats like parrying, like accuracy for healers, that that stuff is kind of problematic and that they might try to address it with these battle system changes, which means that we're going to see. I hate to tell you this, uh, you know, like we're going to see a huge adjustment to those secondary stats. Which at the beginning of expansion is the best time to do it because you're getting yeah, rid yeah. of all your quadruple melded, quintuple melded crap anyway. Right. So. Yeah. It's time to set a new norm for gear. But I think the problem that you have now is you've created an environment where the the top eye level gear may not be the best. You actually have to pay attention to what the secondary stat allocations are. I think in and they're some gonna cases, matter. people are already doing that. Uh, well, I think that yeah. they do because, I mean, automatically tanks, if they get a piece, like a body piece that has parry on it, it's uh, it's annoying. And we already have a sense of that. But I think that it doesn't prevent, like, if a body has parrying on it, that doesn't prevent a tank from using it until they get something that's within you know very very close proximity of that but i think that now you know with potentially as many as three jobs overlapping on a single type of gear set that that problem is going to become much more forefront and much more accentuated and and maybe you're right maybe eureka is a way for them to develop around that and maybe they're going to try to want to drive interest in that system through something like that Mm -hmm. but that's kind of a dicey way to do that so didn't they say in like october that they were going to get rid of the accuracy um any type of accuracy on their gear without having without actually interfering with any of the fights and all that I don't know that that's been 100% confirmed. You know, it's not without precedent. I mean, World of Warcraft basically boiled it down to what how many stats now? They don't I don't think it's they like have four. Yeah, they don't have accuracy anymore. They don't have like spell and melee haste. Like it's just straight up haste, crit, yeah. like basically all the stats have have been boiled down to like the bare necessities to between like, you know, all all the different classes basically. Right. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm not. The thing is, is I'm not totally sure that players are going to want to have to pay that close attention. I mean, right now, it's like if it's the highest eye level gear, I'm going to wear it. You know, there's not too many situations where people are like, I'm going to choose this other piece of gear because the secondary stats are better. That's a very rare instance that that happens in mm-hmm. maybe maybe you have better secondary stat allocations that really make that much of a difference off of like your void arc piece you know like that that, that secondary sort of uh, uh gear access but i just i think that this will make it much much more obvious that it's an issue now speaking to the accuracy thing i don't know if they confirmed that i don't know i i just i i honestly can't remember i know that uh back in october at FanFest they did say that they wanted to address accuracy but the way that they were going to do that was not outlined in a terribly clear or cogent manner Surprise. which makes me think that it was probably caveated with well it's still under development but what we're thinking is so you know that being said i don't know that we can 100 percent look at that as well they're definitely going to remove accuracy we know that they're going to do something to the secondary stats we don't know what that is yet and i do have some concern about three jobs overlapping on gear pieces i i man it's just that's that's sort of the way i feel about it thanks for the call oren we appreciate it uh do you have any shout outs before we let you go 
Nope, that's all. All right, man. Thank you much. If you want to call the show, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord, if you'd like to uh, give Limit Break Radio a call. Um, what do you guys think of this new residential area? I, this, oh, my I, God. So, so many people fucking peed their weed pants about this. I, I'm not into the Far Eastern no, design. No, no, it, It's absolutely terrible. In fact, it's probably the most unimaginative aesthetic that we've gotten thus far. I mean, everything about Ulda, Gradania, Limsa, even Ishgar. Like, they've all been based on something, but... But there's something that's been like tweaked about them that make them sit a little bit more original in my mind. I mean, if, if, you, if you even go back to like Ot Ergen in Final Fantasy XI, like that was Eastern, but they took a lot of different aspects, you know, from the Middle East, from the Far East. And kind of molded them into this really unique place. It was, it was like a mishmash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I mean, even compared to Pandaria, which was obviously Far East inspired, there was something that was much more mythical and and fantasy esque. This literally looks like they took like <laughs> it looks like Japanese land for the white guy. Yeah, yeah. Come come to FF14 Japan land. Yeah, that's that's exactly sort of what it feels like. Be it, the last samurai. And I look, I understand that that it's supposed to be a different culture that we're very physically far removed from one another. I understand all of that. But at the same time, it doesn't feel unique to itself. It feels like very much cut and paste from our real world into Eorzea. Yes. And it also feels like, hmm, we're losing a, quite a few players to Blade and Soul right now. Man, I, were we though? Are we? No, no. I mean, like at the time, like it's, this feels like this feels like a fear-based decision that was driven by six months ago of information. You know what I mean? Like when the when the decision was coming down where they were going to take the direction of this expansion, that was right around the time that Blade and Soul was huge and mm-hmm. pulling people away from FF14. So I, you know what? If they did, I I could see it. I could totally see it yeah i'm not excited for it at all in fact uh, i'm pretty sure i can speak for juxta too when they're like hey you want more japanese stuff juxta you're probably gonna have like three or four different cherry blossom trees you can pick from now Yay. so you don't want you don't want to excited you don't want to no. you don't want to move the lbr headquarters there no we should do it just to piss juxta off he just logs in one day oh yeah he, he goes to warp there and he warps into kagan whatever the place it is kagani Cogany. Cogany. The uh the like, resident the resident the new residential area, by the way, is called Shirogain. Just so you know. Didn't we drop a nuke on that? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so my, I thought my, I thought Shirogain was what you use to regrow hair, but maybe I'm wrong. Like I want to know the mental gymnastics or the lore gymnastics, excuse me, that we're gonna have to go through to actually buy a house in this supposedly isolationist uh, empire. No, 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 no. The empire as a whole is isolationist, but not the port town because they need trade. So that's why they're offering us houses. God, it's so, I'm sorry. It's so disjointed. The fuck? It it makes so much more sense to give us housing in Ishgard. I'm sorry. Yeah, especially after the narrative arc that we've been on with with Amrick and all. Yeah, that makes total fucking sense. This is the rules. I have money. Whatever. Uh, Let's go back to our phone lines and talk to Captain Marvelous of Leviathan. What's up, Captain? 
Hey there, how are you guys doing? Good, man, how are you? You got in our good graces last time, don't fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna white knight uh, Nika now. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh I've been waiting for the Skype. Oh, here we go. <laughs> All right, Cap, what you got? All right. Um, actually, I, I'm really happy about the Samurai. I would have preferred it be a tank, but I'm actually happy either way because this way I get to keep playing Warrior while maining Scholar and Samurai as DPS and Healer. So I get one for the, each of the roles now. Well, good I mean, you. that's cool. That's cool. I mean, like, really, I, I, you know, I definitely haven't found a role that really excites me in the DPS or healer category. And I mean, I definitely am not a red mage. I, I have no desire to check out red mage whatsoever. But, but you leveled red mage in 11. <sighs> Different reasons. <sighs> uh, and you know, you know that. You know that for a fucking fact. <sighs> uh, but the thing is, is I'll check out Samurai. I, I definitely will. Like, even with my reservations about some of the design choices on it, I'll definitely check it out. And if it's good, I'll stick with it. So. Yeah, and my girlfriend and I really, um, she was really pulling for Red Mage, and I was really pulling for Samurai. So that the um, the other uh, having both of those in uh, Stormblood means that we can explore Stormblood as like our preferred job now. Mm. I mean, <laughs> well, good for you. That's cool. Well, um, the, the is that a humble brand? That, um, yeah. Right now, looking at the progression of the equipment, though, that you guys had mentioned before, it all seems um, vertical and not horizontal. Like in Final Fantasy XI, they had equipment that would boost like the effects of berserk or meditate sure. i don't yeah. see that anywhere in here in 14 and it's all really boring static vertical progressions so yep. I, i'm hoping for stormblood they would have something like that like maybe the the time uh, for blood for blood is increased or the damage you take for blood 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 is decreased that's definitely yeah that's definitely something that we've brought up on the show before how we'd like to see stuff that ends up augmenting abilities and i agree with you i think that that would be a really interesting aspect to gear and it would make gear selection a lot more critical and you would have moments where a selection of like you know an i you know 230 piece on your hands versus an i260 piece with a different secondary you know ability augment a decision like that seems a lot more meaningful when when you have you know much more meaningful secondary stats um but i don't see square enix taking that direction um in terms of horizontal progression we get almost none of that in ff14 and i think that pretty much all i needed to confirm that we weren't going in a horizontal progression direction was that we got the confirmation that the uh level cap is going up with stormblood so yeah. i don't hold out a whole lot of hope that we're gonna see very much horizontal progression and so therefore we're going to be i mean i think people need to be prepared for this but that we're very much going to be on the gear treadmill coming up for stormblood absolutely definitely mm -hmm. yeah that and uh, and the other thing is that they ha seem to be really clumsy about um nerfing or buffing like last time uh during three i started playing during like 3.2 okay and i remained white mage until 3.4 they buffed Astrologian so much that White Mage practically became useless. So I went back, went over to Scholar because I like the Scholar playstyle. So they seem to be really clumsy about how they're um, buffing or nerfing each of the classes. They say, I, I heard Yoshi P say that he's going to buff Paladin, but I'm not really sure how he's going to do that when, when Astrologian's buffs were so, like, you know, clumsy when 3.4 came out. 
Well, I, I I feel like Estrogen was a unique case though because it was so useless before then. Oh my right, god, it was just so it had no application. And its strengths are supposed to be in the cards, but right. there's only so many cards that that are useful. I, I, Especially I, just one. Yes, yeah, so I, I think Estrogen was a very very unique case. I mean, when it comes to Paladin. Um, with each of the healers, they want them to all operate differently, but tanks aren't really that type of. Uh, well, we've case. seen we've seen large sweeping changes like that before. Now, uh, you know, uh, Captain might, might might not be aware of this, but back in the 2.0 era, when uh, you know from 2.0 to 2.1 or 2.2, warriors were really bad. Like they were not terribly useful until that critical warrior patch that upped their DPS like crazy. Now, granted. It's been, you know, like they've, they've adjusted it back from that a, li- a little bit, but you did you do see those big type of sweeping adjustments. Some of them are good, but I do think that in some ways they do overcorrect into an area of like, oh, well, now Warrior is the best and it's going to be the best for, you know, Forever for yeah for a really long period of time even past adding a new job into that mix like it no longer becomes binary there's a third choice in there and even still with that third choice you know warrior still edges out I, I think that those kinds of things are there there there's it's a bit bifurcated because like you at at once like that is the thing that makes a job feel unique but it is also a big aspect of game balance because now when you have when your tanks operate in a unique fashion outside of the role that they have and I, I my, my best example of this is like ninja tanking in 11 that when you have a role that operates outside of that that game balance becomes a lot more hard because you've got to balance those two elements separately instead of balancing tanks as a whole in this column, do you do you, do you understand what I'm getting at? Like, if if your roles much more closely mirror each other, you end up adjusting less and having more of an effect on the balance overall, right? But you end up taking away a degree of that satisfactory gameplay and making making that job feel unique. So th- I think that's the real balance that they're doing. Like there's two there's two balancing acts that they're doing. They're balancing not just the jobs versus one another, but they're also balancing the roles overall versus one another and trying to make them not too unique so that development side they have less to worry and about that is such uh, such that, a tricky line it yeah, is that, that is that is a great point but because i think that when they tried to balance the healers they kind of painted themselves into a corner because scholars the best at everything when you talk about healers no you're right i i think i think that 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 style of development they you do end up working yourself into a corner more often than you don't but you don't you also don't have this massive imbalance like you see in games like ff11 where you have one job that's so clearly overbalanced in one area and so so one job that's so (laughs) underbalanced in another area where the answer suddenly becomes well you got to have a big group to be able to do anything that was 11's answer for how to 
balance that. And that is, well, you're all coming together to accomplish this big thing. So how do you end up utilizing your relationship to one another? We've already gone over that that's not as emphasized in FF14 because group composition doesn't really matter that much. Outside of the highest skill levels, group composition is not even something that is given any amount of thought. It really it's is all pretty homogenized. It is. And and that's why matchmaking actually works in FF14. And it does like you have to give FF14 a little bit of credit. First of all, they've built a modular system that is easier to balance in terms of, uh, uh, you know, in in the in the abstract than making a game where literally every job is unique from every other job, which was what much what FF11 was. Mm-hmm. And I think they learned a, a pretty hard lesson there, and that is, well, man, this becomes really difficult to balance one versus the other. And especially with the sub job thing and how intertwined all of those abilities end up getting, it's a lot to be able to keep straight. But you minimize that and you have some, you know, you have ability overlap where you're changing animation and aesthetics. And then suddenly you're having to balance a whole lot less system side when there is an imbalance on the game field. I think that's probably one of the best metaphors that's ever been given to this game is that it is built in a very modular way so that things will be put in there very easily. I mean, even when people were like, oh, well, how would they put Blue Mage in? Uh, Simple. They would just give it blue mage names but it would operate like every other dps in the game and exactly that's exactly it and it's a very it's a very smart way to design your game now i do agree that in some instances you end up working yourself into a corner and you do end up with a situation where like astrologian is clearly the best healer or scholar you know for whatever reason is is clearly the best you know you do end up working yourself into that corner warrior is a great example of that can they develop out of that? I don't know. And I think that they've outlined something pretty ambitious with the combat system revamp. I think if if there's going to be anything that does that, that they're going to take the lessons that they've learned from the imbalance and the complaints that they've gotten this cycle and try to address them next cycle. So, you know, it's it's that whole theory of work smarter, not harder. And I do think that Square Enix does deserve a lot of credit for the smart ways that they have designed the system that doesn't end up creating more mechanical work for them. And I think that that's kind of what allows them to focus on a lot of the detail oriented aspects of FF14, like the narrative, like the lore, like, you know, set piece building and stuff like that, like that. You, you we get those things because they're able to sort of copy and paste the dungeon format for every dungeon. Does that make sense? Yeah. When you're building stuff modularly like that, I think that that also needs to be a part of the conversation. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Got another uh, got another less than 10 minutes. So we'll take another call before uh, before we take off. Thank you very much, Captain Marvelous. Appreciate it. Appreciate hearing from all you guys. There are a lot of new names tonight. He didn't white knight Nika at all. He lied to us. Yeah, I was looking forward to owning some white knights today, man. 
I know we didn't get we didn't get many of that. I think we'll get a little bit more of that. Like I said, when Nika's on yeah, the show, yeah, when Nika's on the show because they 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 want to be acknowledged by Nika. That's fair. They well, maybe yeah, the doy. Maybe 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 the dick sucking was a little bit strong. Maybe that all they're looking is just for senpai to notice them, and not the senpai that lives with Nika, but for Nika senpai to notice them. That's fair. Yeah. All right. So looking forward to next week. It's it's even sadder than wanting to get dick suckage. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> you just want to be acknowledged oh. by her. You sad, pathetic excuses for human beings. I don't like the white knight. And, and just the amount of people that will come out of the woodwork in YouTube comments or on Twitter. And you guys are just so mean to her. No, she's one of our friends. She's one of us. She's one of our friends. We treat her exactly the same way that we treat all of the rest of us. You geeks are so gullible. Juxa, you're fat. Hmm. You're so fat. You are. <laughs> but not so fat he needed an entire penis popsicle. I know, just the tip. He just bit the tip. Did you That's guys so taste that thing? No, fuck uh, no. No, it was a cock. Yeah, not putting that in my mouth. I mean, the subtext there is that it's made mouth. with jizz. Like, that's a fundamental ingredient yeah. of the actual... So, congratulations, you ate a stranger's jizz. Would not eat again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to our phone lines and uh, talk to uh, Tanya Makers. What's up, Tanya? Hey, guys. Welcome to Limit Break Radio. Hey, thanks. And uh, before I start, I do want to say that uh, I used to be a delivery driver and I listen to your podcast all the time and it made a lot of, a lot of delivering pieces much enjoyable. So nice. Thanks for doing what you do. Thank you. We appreciate hearing from you. That's 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 very kind of you. We appreciate it. Uh, so what's up? What are you hyped about from EU Fan Fest? Well, honestly, I do want to go back to what uh, Mr. Deckard's turd lion was talking about <laughs> with the uh, <laughs> with the, the, the tanks and healer balance. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, what I was thinking was that the well, you guys were saying like the you're not sure on how to balance out the tanks and stuff, right? Um, I do have a good idea, and that is just to not make. Some well, you have an idea. Let's have. let's let's stop it. You have an idea. We'll let you know if it's good or <laughs> we'll not. We'll determine that. <laughs> okay. It's not good. All right. So what's your idea? Uh, first, get rid of all the useless abilities that Paladin has. Uh, essentially, uh, Paladin has like three abilities that they basically never use. Um, that's basically tempered will. Like it has some sort of uses, but not really. Um, then there's cover. Like, personally, I love the idea of cover, but you just can't really use it for most fights. Um, and then there's, like, uh, what's that other one? Clemency. Yeah, Clemency is just all over the place. Like, I love the idea of Clemency, but it's, it just doesn't work. Yeah, uh, it, no, I, and I've, I've heard that, that criticism that there are more than a few... Uh, job abilities that Paladin gets that are really so situational as to be basically useless. Yeah, and then when you look at Warrior, like I'm, I'm looking at my, my Warrior right now, and I can't see any ability that is just straight up useless. There's like, no fat. Warrior there's has, no, yeah, yeah. There's no fat on Warrior where, uh, and especially from from fifty to sixty, there was like there was like a special attention that was paid to warrior where you're utilizing fucking every last ability that you're given. 
and yeah, you're maximizing the ability of it. Yeah. And and I think you're right, man. Like the contrast to Paladin and what it got between 50 and 60. Holy shit was like nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Besides Sheltron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that one's terrible. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. And, and Dark Knight. Dark Knight is... I say it's it's a little bit flawed, but yeah, it's it's in a, a pretty good spot. I think the only thing that it needs to work on is uh is is threat generation because you basically never want to use power slash. Like I know that there's this dark guards power slash that basically no dark knight ever uses. Like it's the bane of the world for them. So uh, dark knight is just a in a, a little bit better spot than paladin, but paladin is just like it's all over the place right now. It really is. It really is. And uh, yeah, I mean I'm. It's going to be interesting to see what they do because I do think that they absolutely have to address the the tank meta and do something with Paladin. And they've already said that they're going to. Um, but I mean, they they have in the past though. Like there was there was a big Paladin update somewhere in the mid three patches that was like that had everyone like okay, this is good. But then it didn't end up doing anything. Mm. Like it didn't end up like reworking any of that sentiment like it it just i it really does need some work and i don't know if they're gonna hold off any more big job adjustments until they do this new system you know what i mean like it seems pointless Mm -hmm. to do any kind of job adjustments between now and 4.0 if we're reworking the combat system anyway yeah i don't see them doing any big changes no it doesn't make any sense no me neither me neither. yeah uh, honestly i see uh Paladin getting the Warrior 2.1 treatment uh, at, at Stormblood when it comes out. That's possible. That's possible. And it would be a good moment to do that. But I think that they're going to lean a little bit more heavily on... Because remember, it's not just the the battle system design. It's also the UI. I mean, the right. UI, UI elements are going to be big on that one. So, you know, we could end up seeing custom ui elements for different jobs that that's the thing that ends up making them feel unique one versus another and then that way in terms of the math you have almost standardized math across each one of the three jobs in that role that again there there are benefits and there are um you know there are there are uh consequences to to that style of development but in terms of the game that we have versus maybe the game that we project our wants onto, I think in terms of the game that we have, that it may be better to do that and and make it feel to the player that they're playing a unique job or that the job has some kind of uniqueness, but that mathematically when you get down to it, that all three of those roles are balanced quite tightly within each other. Because... Right. because there's no way, even if you have the best paladin ever, that a paladin can even come close to matching a Dark Knight on DPS. It'll never happen. Right. Never happen. You can have the best geared, the best played paladin. It just won't ever happen. So making the math Unified may be the smart idea, the smart route to go for Square Enix. Uh, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it, Tanya. Uh, we uh, have one more caller to get to before we take off here. Thank you guys for the calls. We appreciate hearing from you. It's so interesting to hear what your take on this stuff is. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'm 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 always glad that we have the ability to take callers on days like this because I'm I'm I I think what ends up shaking out in these discussions are much more creative than what you know than the ideas that we have right. just isolated from uh, each other. I'd also like to point out really quick. Um Tanya, that your idea was basically to take away some of their useless abilities. Square Enix is doing that, so I guess it is a good idea, but it was pretty unoriginal. So, fail. Shit, yeah! That's just my, my final opinion on it. Shit, yeah. yeah. Just be mean? Yeah. Just okay. be mean. Alright. Just be mean. There's gonna be an episode where I'm just mean to everyone who calls in. Just like, obje- so... Every episode? <laughs> no, no, come on! I give people a chance to dig their own hole. You know, like like you've got to you've got to say something that sets me off. I, I welcome most everyone very you know politely to the Cordially. show. That's right. I don't just go call it the fuck you want. I mean, I, honestly, today the only person he was really mean to was Turd Lion, and that <laughs> was just because that was funny. Yeah, that like, was. I he wasn't did it in being a mean. nice way. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't being mean. That was just the slip of the tongue that was funny. Mm-hmm. Now everyone's gonna call him Turd Lion. Yeah, <laughs> I feel. I feel a little bit bad about it. Oh, that's okay. I won't feel bad I don't. tomorrow. It's pretty funny though. I won't feel bad tomorrow. I'll Turd Lion. <laughs> Let's go back to our phone lines and talk to Melchuria. What's going on, Melchuria? Melchuria. Hello. Hi. Oh, Hi. It's the Weeb Queen Supreme. What's up? <laughs> uh, not much. Um, I did want to talk about not the. Even a um, response to it. I did want to uh, talk about the uh, Azim step because um, they mentioned that that was going to be like the first expansive area in fourteen. Yeah. The- oh, the Azzy steps. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I. What was the what was the exact terminology that they used? That it was going to be the first, like, pl- like wide plains. open plains area. Kind of, kind of yeah. reminded me the way that they talked about of like the calm lands from FF uh, FF ten. Just like wide open plains, but was you know kind of destroyed. Or whatever. Well, the thing that I think if you have a zone like that, I think something that is interesting to do with that is to create some kind of NM pop system like that. You think like, what do you do with a with an area that big? And if you you know have some kind of uh, NM system, I think that would be kind of cool. But I okay, so yeah, the uh, Azim Step is uh, really really big. Yeah, and um, and what I thought about um, they could do with that is um, seeing as it's like the homelands of the Zyla, which are pr- primarily like nomadic tribes. What what they could possibly do is like it, um, introduce some sort of like roaming aetherite system. Like one one tribe, like each of the tribes have their own aetherite, and they can set it up whenever they settle down in an area. And it would change on a week to week basis. Or so you're like you're t- you're talking about having like a contested area that if you reclaim it from some kind of hostile force, whether it be a Garlean, whether it be a beast tribe, whatever it is, that when you reclaim it, then that sets up a temporary like nomadic aetherite. Kind of, yeah, a little bit. Cause like when when I saw like the the image they used for that, that thing was freaking huge, and I thought, what if that. What if that moved? Like you know, it's it's a plains area. Why why wouldn't it move? Well, I think you have to kind of ask yourself what are you know why like why are the aetherites placed where they are? And there might be some kind. I, I I haven't finished the lore book. I don't know everything that there is to know about aether. I'm not fucking at this Asher. Okay, so 
with that all established, there might be some kind of reasons that Aetherites are placed in the spots that they are. Now, we do know that there are portable versions of that because we do have many Aetherites that, mm-hmm. um, you know, can be sort of set up and established anywhere and form an Aetherite network. But in terms of that big Aetherite, we don't really know why those locations are chosen and if they could be arbitrarily changed just by moving the crystal. But I do like that idea because, you know, uh, this this past expansion, we've had you know a few patches where we've had talk of world PvP or PvP zones and a giant plains area that has different nomadic tribes that you could like maybe uh, align yourself to either on a daily or weekly basis. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And whichever one controls the plains, maybe then you can travel more easily from the main Aetherite to their camp. I like that. Where they have the smaller Aetherites set up. Yeah. I mean, there was also a concept from 1.0 that never really made a return where we had like sub Aetherite portals that, you know, you you warp out to the Aetherite from the main menu, but then at the Aetherite itself, you had to select your sub destination. And that's kind of, you know, like I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure why they ended up doing away with that system because you kind of much like an eighth right you had to go find it and unlock it in the first place but i don't know man i i I could uh i could see it going either way i just don't know what happens if you pick up an eighth right crystal and move it like does the teleportation ability like do you do you move that or is that harnessing some sort of aether current at that specific spot because that is definitely you know that's definitely so much yeah, they could do so, so much more with, like, the Aether Currents, like, besides um, enabling um, flying to that destination. Like, maybe if, um, uh, say, if the Aetherite moved um, f- uh, on the next week, maybe you could teleport to where you originally attuned to that place, and maybe you need to um, reattune yourself um, when you find that tribe again. Maybe. I don't know. I, I kind of like the uh, I kind of like the the notion of having a contested area that changes in his dynamic, though. Mm-hmm. I do like that. I do like that concept. Um, I also, you know, like we saw in uh, Heaven's Word, the old destroyed Aetherite from 1.0 at that Western Corthen village as well. So, you know, it does lead to some questions about the nature of Aetherite. I, say, I could see it going two exactly. ways based on two things. First of all, uh, earlier, early, early in A Realm Reborn, when uh, the signs are based out of Vesper Bay, there's a little part of the storyline where they talk about how, you know, the Alliance wouldn't let them have or that somebody wouldn't let the them syndicate. have... Yeah, the Syndicate wouldn't let them put an eighth right there, right? Right. But then isn't there somewhere in the story, it might have been with the Shiva stuff, we somehow harness an Aether current where an Aetherite used to be yeah. to teleport there. Right. So in That's one, how we she, got to Snowcloak. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. D- she destroyed the... The Aetherite, yeah. but we still went through the current, right. yet... It's like maybe you need the eighth right there to establish that current, right? But even if it were gone after that, you there is obviously still a way to traverse the current. That well, that's and we there or and something. we know that the Charleans had pretty much established this network and that they have a facility even for manufacturing eighth right crystals. You know, you can go to the hinterlands to be able to see that. It's mostly inhabited by gobbies now, um, but. 
you know, that shows that, yeah, it, 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 it might be potentially possible to move an aetherite crystal. But I think that I think that you're hitting on something, Kahlo, that it's more the crystal is harnessing what is what is already there in the earth that is already there at that spot. Or it just establishes and strengthens yeah, uh, it ch- the that path. channeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Kind of like. Kind of like a, a a ley line of the yeah. on the um, on the planes, right? I think yeah, you it, it could something like that. I think you could put an aetherite anywhere and then traverse to it, but then if that aetherite's gone, uh, I don't know. Maybe only in some cases if the if the current was strong enough. Well, remember we did need a whole bunch of like you needed the catalyst to be able to get to snow cloak. You had that crystal yeah. that you needed the orosite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. You there. needed a rose sacrifice. Oops. Womp womp. Whoa. Oops. Womp womp. Oh well. The only person whose feelings that may have hurt is not here. So, uh, anyway, thanks, Melky, for the call. We appreciate it, and we appreciate all of your calls here today. It's been a fun show talking about all of the exciting reveals out at EU Fan Fest. Um, I, I, I'm definitely excited for Stormblood. Not as excited as I was for Heaven's Word, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, but you had I think Dark I agree Knight that. Well, hmm, I, all right, but I don't have either thing for either of them. And I think Heaven's Word, I think I was a little bit more excited for Heaven's. Maybe I wasn't. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm more know. excited for Stormblood. I think what well, because you're getting for, Red Mage. Yeah, I know. I think what I'm Which most excited for is for Ethis to take the map and start going around on the map and like telling us all the lore behind every each individual thing. I'm definitely going to be watching out for Ethis's channel updates after. Tell us about Godzilla. Yeah, I'm, I don't think anyone really knows, but I mean that's just fucking. If fascinating. Someone did. It would be Ethis. That's just fucking fascinating. Yeah. Is that? I mean, maybe maybe that's kind of some kind of giant. Maybe, maybe it's, it's some kind statue. of giant. Just. Something like massive. A statue? Maybe it is a statue. It's literal. Oh, that would still be kind of cool. That would just actually fact, be kind of cool, yeah. The fact that it's actually towering through the clouds instead of just like flying around exactly. or something. Mm, that's yeah. super interesting. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so before we go, before we head out here, um, I did just want to uh, relay a couple of pieces of information from the producer live letter. There was a sizable Q&A after the Q&A wrapped up. Uh, we did get a couple of pieces of confirmation. Patch 3.55A will be going live February 28th. Of course, that coincides with the uh, patch prep that we uh, told you about right at the beginning of the show. Final anima weapon story quests will be there um zoe 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 uh what is that alipo yeah i don't know how do you say that alipo really i don't know uh custom deliveries for crafters and gatherers uh may want to implement new quest story for the new npc this is basically just um the day the the reset stuff for crafters and gatherers oh Okay. The, um, I don't even remember what that thing is called. Wondrous Tales, right? Wouldn't this just be Wondrous? Like crafters. No. No. Wonder- no, the, the, this new one that they're adding. Oh, they're adding a Wondrous Tales 4 crafters? I think that's what this is. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I remember. Yep, yep. That's right. They are. Yay. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to be getting the Proto Ultima battle. Uh, 270 accessories. 270 I accessories. I mean, that gives you a reason to do it, I guess. <laughs> I, um, guess. I don't know. <laughs> 
Um, how how you will encounter it is not revealed, not even in the patch notes. Uh, there will be new maps for the feast. Sudden death mode will be introduced. So new items and adjustments. Season three will come to an end and season four preseason will begin. Adjustments to goddess and demon uh, whistle drops are going to be in there. Garo gear will be reattainable from the Calamity Salvager if you're a fucking moron and decided to drop that. (laughs) Aves in High Summoner Attire will be available for redemption. Yes. And then as of patch 3.55b. Now, notice nowhere in there did I talk about Diadem. 3.55b. Is Is that different from 3.56? Yes. Yep. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Patch 3.55B will be going live on March 7th. Oh my god. Or possibly 9th <laughs> or maybe the 14th. It will include new exploratory missions for Diadem. It was ready but a big bug was found that they couldn't fix in time. Uh, so during a uh, previous patch note reading, Yoshi P said Garo gear is available by MGP by 3.55. He apologizes. He meant 3.56. You son of a bitch. 3.56 will bring diadem and continuation of main story. More updates to fu- to flow into the release of Stormblood. I-, I mean, look, they did bring a good... Po- they apologized for this. I don't want to give them too much shit about it because they did go very far out of their way to apologize. But they did also say that this will help make the gap of time between 3.55's conclusion and 4.0 seem much, much smaller. Which, granted it will, but for the shittiest possible okay, reason. but I think the bigger concern that we had is the gap between 4.0 and 4.1. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so, uh, patch 3.56, again, will bring uh, uh, the Diadem continuation and will wrap up Stormblood. So, 3.55 A and B has trash and then the one that you really care about is 3.56 okay good so then i don't have to worry about this game getting in the way of horizon zero dawn or overwatch season four not unless you're really really up on that uh final anima step or proto ultima or maybe the feast nah no and then you're good oh my god Jesus. What do we know approximately when 3.56 is? Well, considering that 3.55 is either on March 7th or maybe March 9th or possibly even the 14th. Fuck no, we don't know when 3.56 is. <laughs> Jesus. Uh if it tries to contend with Mass Effect, I got bad news for everybody. I'm just it- look, I'm just saying like is oh my god does this not fucking annoy the shit out of anyone else like this so is So we're not going to oh, get so fucking irritating. We're probably going to get 3.56 Diadem and the main storyline quest in May. Uh, I, 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 wow. think, I think in March, but it's going to be close. No. It's going to be close. March? There's a, there's a whole no. other fucking month April, between there. April or May, man. I'm saying April or May. Late Not April. May. Not May. No. No way it's that long. Because then after that, it's like two months until Stormblood. Yeah. Which is a lot more palpable than seven weeks. Yeah. Actually, no. What the fuck? It's still seven weeks. Huh? <laughs> How you doing there, buddy? You're never gonna get your menstrual mage. <laughs> not good. Uh, that's what I feel about your. I'm not doing mage. good. No, I'm not. Sad. This is. <sighs> Let's just find a drop, I guess. 
I, I, I just none of this was funny at all. I, don't I think already, it was supposed I already to hit be. that drop, and it's. I, I don't think it was supposed to be funny. It's not funny either. It's not. It's. It's really not. All right, guys, we got to wrap up the show. That's what to expect, though, for the next series of patches. Kind of disappointing. We'll, this is uh, actually almost depressing. We'll actually we'll take some time to talk about that a little bit next week. Um, if you thought this was interesting, maybe you held back from calling in on this episode. Maybe you were a little nervous. Uh, or maybe Senpai wasn't here. Get get the work up the constitution, work up the courage. Give us a call next time because I think that we're still definitely going to be talking about this. We've got a lot from the actual EU Fan Fest to break down, including the Q&A that Yoshi P did just before the producer live letter, as well as the press conference that he did with multiple gaming organizations out attending EU Fan Fest. Definitely some uh, responses worth talking about in there, and I'm sure that we'll get even more interviews from outlets like GameWatch or uh, or or Famitsu in the next couple of weeks that we'll be able to break down next week. So give it some thought while this week is going on. Give it some thought. Make sure that you set some time aside to join us on Sunday, starting at 4 p.m. here at twitch.tv slash limit break radio and call in. It's simple to do limit break radio on Skype 810-515-8715 limit break slash discord. You can Try them while we're not on the air. You're not going to reach any of us, but you can make sure that it works for you. And uh, if you want to give the show a call and you want to express your opinion, we invite you to do so. Again, we want to thank so much. We want to thank everyone who called in today. So many new names, so many new voices, and uh, and and just I love seeing new people getting involved with calling the show. A big aspect to the show is calling in. Like we we went to great lengths to make sure that that was something that we could engineer and build in as a part of the live product of the show. It's a unique aspect to podcasts. You don't hear podcasts that have live callers on it all the time. And I don't think that there are as many podcasts that care about giving you a voice and giving you the ability to use your voice on the air as Limit Break Radio does. So we want you to be able to use that opportunity and to really feel like you get the ability to use your voice and make your opinions heard through this program. So set some time aside on Sunday and give us a call. Let us know what you want to talk about. Talk it out with Kooky beforehand, and then you'll get to uh, come on the air and hang out with us. So thank you to all of our new callers, all of our new listeners, all of the new follows that we got today. All what uh, let's let's see all 331 of you that are still hanging out with us to the bitter end of the show thank you guys so much we appreciate the support we appreciate you listening we appreciate you uh adding to the discussion and we appreciate you just enjoying the show LimitBreakRadio.com to find the website. Uh, you can also find us over on YouTube. Leave us a little bit of iTunes love if you like the show. If not, go fuck yourself. No, I'm kidding. If you don't like the show, you can also let us know that you don't like the show, but don't expect us to take it very seriously because we don't take anything very seriously. So... 
Just a little word of caution, but uh, we would like to hear some of your feedback. Hosts at LimitBreakRadio.com to send us some email. We'd love to hear from you about anything that we talked about today. Uh, 4.0 speculation, job speculation. We'd love to hear any of it. Hosts at LimitBreakRadio.com. And if you'd prefer social media, you can find us at LimitBreakRadio on most social media platforms. That's going to do it here for Limit Break Radio this afternoon. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to our European fan. Fest special episode come back next week for episode number 101 thank you guys so much I want to thank my crew kooky persona who's been hanging out answering phone lines even though they couldn't be here nika kayanian and Ascalia ryumasa and of course my in-studio crew kalo landis juxtaposition i'm a nero keep listening Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. This episode was produced by Juxtaposition and Kooky Persona. Final Fantasy XIV and Aorzi are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Satori Komeji, Dark Flux, Null Packet, Shira Hartslot, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at Facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at Facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at DiamondMM.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.